I'm in carnation where them cardinals at With them cardinals on their glove and the cardinal hat I'm in the cardinal sports zone spitting cardinal raps Say it C-A-R-D-X, let's go Play your cardinal game, get a cardinal start Play your cardinal Welcome to this week's edition of the Cardinal Sports Zone Podcast Which is brought to you by the Jamon Brown Foundation And we are coming to you live from the Custom Multicade Studios I'm your host, Jeremy Wallman I never, uh, never mess up There's never any flaws in our intro or game uh, here with my co-host today, uh, we are a little bit short-staffed, but what we make up in being short-staffed, I we short-staffed. What? No, 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 not you. But we make up in girth. Uh, speaking of, we got the notorious HIG in here to co-host today. What's up, everybody? Uh, we have our normal co-host Joe Woman and Sean Barber. What's going on? How's it going, folks? And 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 thankfully, I, you know, I placed out a call on the bat phone this morning because we had three people that had things come up and we hope everything turns out okay for all three of them so i called in g- grabbed the bat phone and called in my man Perrin johnson Perrin, what's going on buddy? jamie what's going on with you all right yeah man, I, I man we we've had a bunch of stuff going on but i'm trying to you know i'm trying to maintain we had snow snow again last weekend that's why we didn't have a podcast last weekend now all that snow's gone and we got some decent weather in here but yeah just you know just try life life happens and you try to Get through it the best you can, and that's what we're trying to do currently. But uh, let's just jump into the show. I don't really have any other nice things to say or anything. Uh, y'all, y'all good? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. All right. So let's just jump right in. It's March. Uh, it's the first of March, and that means two things. It's almost one year of the pandemic, and it's time for March Madness, which we will talk about in a few. Uh, some of the big things that happened this week: Malik was eligible to. Uh, he played in the game for us this week. Uh, David Johnson, he had strep throat. So did uh, Josh Nickelberry. Uh, Sam Williamson is finally coming into his own. And then at the end of that stretch, Malik got hurt again. So we'll talk a little bit about all that stuff. But first off, let's let's talk about the big win yesterday. That was a game that I had no idea how we were leading going into the last three minutes of the game. We just we, we grabbed the momentum early. We built a big lead, and we just kind of let it fade away in the second half. Uh, forced it into overtime. You go into overtime and you don't have David Johnson. You don't have Jalen. Malik's hurt. You don't expect to win that game. But we got Quinslazinsk. But Quinslazinsk three hit a big shot at the top of the key, set the tone for overtime, and uh, it, and we came away with the big eighty to seventy three overtime win. Swept Duke for the first time in, in ACC play. Uh, Parent, what? So so let me jump to you with the first question because to me a theme has been we, we've not been able to close out. We've not been able to close out wins. We, we've struggled pulling away. You're a former college basketball player. Is this just people who never played watching games saying, oh, man, we, we should be playing more consistently? Or is there a pro- do you think there's a bigger problem with the team? Could it be due to COVID, pandemic, anything like that? Um, I'm just happy with every, the way everybody played. Exactly. You know, um, we could talk about a million things here and how guys played or didn't play, um, and and everybody kind of over-evaluates things. You know, I want to I want to take you to a place right now. When you did you watch the Baylor Kansas game last night? I didn't. I was running out in the streets with my shirt off because we beat Duke. I watched okay. the first half. Okay, glad I was at work. Well, you know, when when you watch that game, you know, Bay, you know, everybody was mad at how we came off the Carolina game. We were paused for literally 19 days. 
And then we lost by 45. And I know that that was embarrassing and people were frustrated. But you watch Kansas beat Baylor last night, 71 to 58, right? Am I the only one to watch that game? I watched I some, so you some of it. Some of the game? Okay. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that is um, really amazing about Baylor is not only they're a great defensive team, they're able to shoot the ball very well. They're probably one of the top three-point shooting teams in the country, I believe. And last night they went six for 26 behind the, behind the arc. Um, so, you know, the one thing that Scott Drew said is, you know, we weren't shooting the ball well and our, and our conditioning wasn't where it needed to be. And that's a major factor because that guy's got the number two team in the country and they hadn't lost. They were 18-0 going to that game and they lost last night. Now, you look at Louisville and everybody was mad about the Louisville game before I touch on the Duke game. I want to say Louisville fans should probably take a, se- a step back and from being so frustrated with how we played in the in the North Carolina game because you obviously see COVID pauses affect everybody. The only team that we haven't seen come off a COVID pause and get a huge win in a huge environment was Florida State, who lost last night as well. So for me, for these guys, you know, I'm happy with how Malik came back. I didn't expect a ton from him in the North Carolina game. It wasn't a good matchup. You haven't played three quarters of the season for you to jump in to play against a right. bunch of guys that have a good a, a ton of a ton of big guys like the Sharp Kid as well, who had seven had 19, 21 points in 17 minutes. So the North Carol- the Notre Dame game was a good tune-up game for him, in my opinion. He got his feet wet. And then he played against the Duke game. He gave us good minutes. But now we have this, this injury, and we don't know what exactly this in- what this injury entails and how that affects him the major part of the season. I'm happy with the way we got that win. I was worried about more so David Johnson than Malik with him coming off a strip throat. You know, when your body's trying to kick a virus, it really flushes you out and, tries and you're dehydrated. He, he looked fresh. He looked good. Um, especially with him coming off the COVID pause, then coming back and having strip, and then now playing in this game. I was worried about him being not consistent this game, but he turned out and had a good game for us, and Carl Leak did a great job. Uh, I'm happy with the win. It's hard to, it's hard to beat Duke. Um, one thing that really stood out to me at halftime, we had 10 more shot attempts than Duke. So the offense was kicking, and it was firing on all cylinders. And then between that 16-minute timeout and 12-minute timeout, you got to credit Coach K for the adjustment he made because they slowed us down and made the game shorter and made it in a half court. And it was really impressive to see Duke close in on us at times and force the game in overtime, as we all know what happened. But I'm happy with the win. Anytime you, It's hard to beat somebody twice, and it's hard to beat somebody with a coach that's that good, beat them twice in a row. And you were right. Baylor's number one. In the country in yeah, three-point shooting. 42%. Yeah, so I mean, you know, when you see when you, you have a team forty two percent to twenty four percent last game. And they haven't played in two or right. three weeks. So, so they went through the same thing that we went through. Yep. So I think I, I don't know how many fans will ingest that at, at in the right in the right way of looking at things. COVID has affected everybody. And yeah. the COVID when you haven't played in two weeks, it's hard to get to a rhythm. I mean, you see guys that haven't thrown a football in two or three weeks come back in the NFL or college or whatever it may be. So, you know, I'm glad that I'm not glad that happened to Baylor because I don't really have any ill feelings toward Baylor, but I want to make I want to make that a real thing that people are aware of, so they realize that we're not the only ones that came back and didn't perform to the caliber that we're capable of. And I, and I want to touch on something real quick. You mentioned that we had ten more shots uh, than they did in the first half, and that comes because of the, I have the stat down. Uh, Duke did not have one offensive rebound. In the first half, so that goes when when you don't have, you don't you don't have the opportunity second chances, uh, 
the other team is going to get off a lot more shots. Makes a huge difference. It does. It makes a huge difference. And then as far as I felt like a lot of people are giving Duke, and, and I don't mind giving other teams credit. I know, you know, being a Louisville fan, you don't really want to, you don't want to say, oh, the Duke played really. I, I don't. I I think Duke catching up last night was more about us making mistakes and leaving hurt wide open. Uh, well, it wasn't just wide open, though, man. He was hitting shots right Well, his drill, release though. is so high, though. Um, and, but you know what? I'm glad you said that because you know when we were up four or five, four or five against Notre Dame, I think it was a six-point game, and we let Notre Dame, even though they're not that good, get a lot of good open looks. We're not – and that's been an issue on, on allowing open threes. Yeah. And when you don't control the three-point line, you're in trouble. But last night, obviously, we only made four, I think, and they made they made four too. However, they attempted 21. So let's just say three or more of those go in. We lose that game. Yep. So the, the three, guarding the three-point line has been something. I'm glad you mentioned that. That has been a concern for me that it's not talked about enough. And if you go back and look at some other games that we've not played well and lost, the three-point line has been a very critical factor. And, and that's a great point, too. And you can not only say if they hit a couple more, they win, but the first two three-pointers that Hurt took, his foot was on the line. And you got if he makes if, if he steps back a half an inch on either one of those first two, it's a three pointer instead of a two, and they win that game last night. So uh, we we have to adjust better because, like I said last night, I feel like it was more of you know when you're playing a team and they start playing well and they force you into mistakes. But we threw the ball away, took stupid shots. I really do feel like last night them coming back. In the first half of the set, uh, the first par- part of the second half, had more to do with our failures than them doing. But it's hard to knock uh, the hurt kid. He's such a phenomenal player. Like I said, his release yeah. is so his release is so high. Yeah. Well, okay, because I know <laughs> what you're going to say. He did. He was the beneficiary of a ton of tic tac foul calls that we weren't getting on the other side. But when you Steve brought this up last night, I went to go watch the game with Steve. And if you've ever watched the game with Steve. Last night was ever bit as glorious as you would ever imagine it was. But the first thing he said before the game started was, um, I said last night, I mean the night before last, um, when the when the spread came out as a six-point spread, he said, the refs are not going to give us any 50, 50 calls at all. If it's close going down the end, all the calls are going to be for Duke. And I, I was shocked. There was a play at the end of the second half where it appeared as if we knocked the ball out of bounds and the refs, it was so close. The refs called it our ball, mm-hmm. but you could see that the Duke players and coaches were up. So I was confused I, too. I'm never, I never blame an official for anything. Well, I know uh, because you, you referee. Well, because like a referee is not, listen, not perfect. Nobody makes enough money to try to screw a school over officiating. I think it's like 1200 a game. Plus your travel, they cover that too. So you're looking at somewhere between twelve hundred to eighteen hundred a game. Those guys aren't they're they're not like NBA officials where you're you're coming in making, you know, right right about two fifty to two eighty. You know what I mean? You're not those guys aren't making enough money to screw Louisville over. And uh but I think that when you look at who we are, we have some deficiencies. Obviously we're not a great interior team. Um if David and Carleek are not in the game, we have trouble scoring, which is why we don't play Josh Nickelberry a ton of minutes, and uh, and then obviously all the other guards a ton of minutes. So we gotta, we need those guys in the game. That's why they play 35, 40 minutes a game. But as a player, you never leave the game in a referee's hands. 
you always make you either like if, if it's the end of the clock situation, you drive the lane. Force a guy to either try to foul you or not try to foul you, and then if anybody comes to you, then you make a kick for a shot. But never settle. So I don't I don't want to blame an official because that's that's the easy way out. It's also more so what didn't we do? And when you look at the things that what we didn't do, the question is the execution part down the stretch. And I felt like that our game plan was working. However, I felt like Duke did a really great job with taking certain things away as the game went on. They made great adjustments. They don't have a lot of talent, per se, like they typically do. Duke always has that one playmaker at point guard and that one forward. Well, they got the forward, obviously. But And then you mentioned that kid shoots at a high release. And I'm, one of my favorite players in the NBA was Al Harrington. You remember Al Harrington? Mm-hmm. Al Harrington always made the comment, like, when he was in Atlanta, he put up 20 points and, like, eight rebounds a game or whatever it was. But nobody cared because Atlanta sucked that year and they only won like 15 or 20 games. But the reason why I reference that is he always said uh, when I put up my numbers, he played against Michael Jordan or somebody, and they said, well, somebody had to shoot the shots. So, of course, you're going to get your points. So, like, the you know, the kid was at Matt Wes- Wells. As I forget his name right now. It's uh, the Matt kid. The hurt, is it Hurt? Matt Hurt. Yeah. Matt Hurt. Yeah, Hurt. So, Matt Hurt, when you look at him and who he's he, – he, he shot the ball at a high percentage, and he had 37 points. I'm not taking anything away from somebody that scores 37 points. Okay, he gets the ball a lot because nobody else on that team can score. That That's absolutely true. So, like, a lot of times uh, you hate guarding a guy like that because and, – and there's nothing better as a basketball player when I call it – some guys got the green light, but you got the extra, extra green light. It's so green it's not even green anymore. It's like it might as well be, like, gold. Right. So he's got that light because nobody on that team can score. When what's you look at Duke's roster, nobody on that team can score. What's crazy is they went like several minutes, like in, in, in a couple spurts, like several minutes in that second half and in overtime where they weren't even like get trying to get him the ball. I was going to say, like, I thought he, I thought he had fouled out of the game, and then I see him come what? in with like a minute le- – or I didn't see him come in, but I started to notice him on the court with about a minute – they started passing him the ball. He should have 45 points last night. Oh, easily. He should and have Like, he points. ended up fouling out in overtime, like last right. 30 seconds. But, like, he should have had more shot attempts down the stretch for them. And he shot 21. And the crazy part about it is, like, keep going, but he he didn't miss a lot of shots. 15 of 21. It's crazy. Like, yeah. I mean, he, he shoots was, at a high clip, but yeah. – no, that's, definitely. Like, that's, but, like, that's how I shoot normally. But could you imagine him if they had a great playmaker at the point in the pick and roll? Right. He'd be a monster. Oh, yeah. He'd yeah, be a absolutely. monster. Sean, With that high release. So, let me yeah. ask you this. So, you watched the game last night, I, I assume. What surprised you the most about the game this, uh, about the game last night? Because that was the only game we played this week, correct? Sounds good. <laughs> no, no, we played Carolina, Carolina, Notre Dame Tuesday, and then we played this game Saturday. Notre Dame, okay. So, I forgot Days about that. Run so, together for me. T- yeah, well, plus we record on Sundays normally. So, I always that always uh, gets me uh, scrambled up. But So, f- for the whole week, so Notre Dame and, and uh, Sunday night or mo- Saturday night versus Duke, what, what surprised you the most this week? Nothing really surprised me, but the, the person that – you could say maybe surprised me a little bit was the fact uh, Sam Williamson's right. consistency. Uh, he's now, I think he's either close to double digits or double digits in rebounds pretty much every game he's played since. I'm pretty sure ball. he's had a double-double the last yeah. four games. Uh, don't quote me on that. Stat boy looked that up for us. But, but I think it's four games in a row. He's really – because we talked last time, which was two weeks ago, he yeah, had a breakout game, I think, against Georgia, Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech, yep. And we were like – 
we hope this is a sign of things to come, and he, it, it's been that way ever since. He's found his his ri- he's found his groove, so to speak, in that he doesn't try to drive as much anymore. Because if you notice, when he drives, he drives his head down. Yeah. He almost always gets a charge. <laughs> so now what he's doing is he's grabbing rebounds. He's putting up the mid-range shot, and he can drain that mid-range shot yeah. almost at will. If he keeps playing like this, that the, and we keep everybody healthy, obviously, that makes a three-headed monster in David Johnson – uh, Sam uh, Sam Williamson, and Carly. Carly Jones. You can even throw Jalen Withers in there. He had a good game too. But but you get a three headed monster. Gonna like be that. A, in two years. He's going to be he's going to be a NBA dra- first round draft pick. I truly believe that you can you can see that he has flashes of brilliance, but he also has flashes of being. I don't care if he's been with the program for two years or not. You play for your first year. It's a COVID shortened year. You're still a freshman. You're going to make freshman yeah. mistakes. That kind of goes to what he's. The COVID pauses caused issues with development, and it's caused issues with the ability to know what to do in the game. David Johnson last night, the end of the game, he gets they break the press. He drives into three Duke defenders and turns the ball over, and I think that's mainly because we've missed so much time. You hear Coach Mack in the post game go, "Yeah, we haven't had much time to work on time situation type things. We're worried about getting our guys back into basketball playing shape." Yeah. Well, that's the thing people don't realize is just because they went 21 days without a game. They most likely went about what, probably fifteen or sixteen without practice. Yeah, without, yeah. without practicing, simulating real time game situations. Yeah, it's I impossible. Mean, yeah, I mean you can't do it. But uh, Sam, over the last five games, is averaging twelve points and eleven rebounds a game. Now he's only had three double doubles in there, but still, I mean he's. You can tell a difference when you when you look at him on the court. Yeah, you can tell a difference, and he's got like right around the free throw line. Yeah, his jumper is like that's his go-to, kind of like Carleek. You know, Carleek gets about a stepper, stepper two inside the line, and you can tell he's pulling up with that J, and it's money. Well, I tell you what, the one thing I think Sam is finally healthy, and um, I don't know if you guys have ever had this happen. I dislocated one of my toes before, <laughs> and you remember Sam dislocated his big toe. <laughs> So if you've ever done, if you've ever, and you're just a weight-bearing joint that's constantly where it is. And when I dislocated my toe, let me tell you, even though it, once it healed, it still hurt like hell. Yeah. It hurt like hell. So, you know, him having, so I can't only, and I did my fifth metatarsal for for people that don't know that out there. That's your pinky toe. So he had the pinky toe. I, I feel weird saying yeah, pinky toe. Yeah, your big toe. I mean, you got to think. I Can mean, you imagine how much pain that had to be in? Every, t- every time you take a step, like yes. your pinky toe doesn't always – you know, get that much pressure on it. But no. your big toe gets it all. You know, when I was growing up, I used to hear, you know, like so and so's out for the this week or two or three weeks with turf toe, right, or something like that. And I was like, oh come on, you're you're kidding me, right? Right. A toe, but man, if you ever, like you said, you ever have anything happen to your foot, oh, it's the worst. It's toes, like whatever, it it's horrible. And, and then it's, so, for, and it's hard to heal. So now, now, so now, if you remember, like. When you, so when you watch Sam shoot, when you watch him in the first half of the season, and go watch some games right after he comes back from dislocating his toe, he never shot the – when shooters shoot, like when you watch Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, and, you know, Ryan McMahon, the guys here, whatever, any guy that shot the ball great here, Taekwon Dean, they shot in motion and they shot on the way up. Sam jumps really high, but he wasn't shooting the ball on the way up. He was shooting the ball on the way down, which was causing his shot to hit the back of the rim and be hard. So – 
That sounds so bad. But um, so <laughs> I was good about, I was <laughs> but uh, but mean, anyway, um, needs to be so, hard when it hits the rim. So now, so now for me, when you look at the the games for him, when you look, Carleek shooting the ball at a high clip, obviously, and you got David Johnson shooting the ball at a high percentage and a high clip this year, obviously as well. I don't think Sam this year needs to worry about trying to prove he can shoot. I mean, take the open shot, and we've seen him have some bad misses this year. I, th- I think it's because his balance hasn't been there because yeah. of the big toe, and his balance hasn't been proportioned to him shooting. But for me, I think that if he can just focus on the mid-range and rebound the basketball and just keep on attacking the rim, that will be good for us. And that will create more opportunities for David to get shots and Carleek get shots. So because those guys, when, you, when you're a guard driving at the top, you want to kick to a guy in the wing that can knock down the jumper because now if he, Sam could hit that shot, that opens up the lane for me to get more into the lane. But right now, you know, Sam's going to be – Sam needs to be able to drive the ball a little bit more, get that mid-range shot so he can give more opportunities for David and obviously Carleek to get those shots and then maybe with Quinn and the other guys to slide in there and find their way as well. I think – and that will also help him be a better creator and get his assist numbers up because he's not a guy that you want bringing the ball up court because he almost got stripped a couple times yeah, bringing it yeah. up court. But you, he's a guy you want handling the ball maybe in the half court, making two or three dribbles to make a play. Absolutely. Now, here, here's something that, that I, I find this very positive from saying. A, a lot of people have been comparing. And, Joey, I'm going to throw this one to you uh, well, first. Because I did it? No. No, a lot, I don't know if you did or not, but a lot of people have compared Sam to VJ and Dwayne Blackshear because they were highly oh. heralded guys that came in and struggled. I mean, every, a lot of people thought Sam was going to be, and obviously this was before he played a game at Louisville. A lot of people like to do the hype thing, over, over, overblow things, I but thought he was going to be a one and dunner. Um, do you think that this comparison has been fair? And are you excited that he's? It seems like as if he's shedding those comparisons by playing multiple games in a row where he, where he's doing quite well. Well, I did make the comparison. Oh, uh, you did. Okay. Yeah, I did not to V.J. King uh, to uh, Wayne Blackshear, um, and that was because of the hype. And you know that's not his fault. First off, I want to say that that's not his fault because he didn't create his own hype. I mean, his game did, but you know. Uh, he came in with a lot of hype. You know, he was going to be a one or two and, and out the door, one year or two year and out the door. Um, but, of course, that hadn't happened. But he's, I mean, you can call it what you want. Like, I mean, when there's a lot of pressure on an 18-year-old kid, sometimes that, you know, and it's not, he's not playing high school ball anymore. A couple things that go into that. He didn't create his own hype. You know, he played ball, but, like, just like, who was he playing against? So, like, his stats and everything could be a little inflated, and you see the uh, the mixtapes and everything they put out there. Who was he playing against? I mean, you know, that's one thing. But just as Sam would say, relax. He's coming into his own now. Um, I really feel like, you know, if he continues to improve like he has, and i tell you what, when I watch a game now, when the ball, com- when the ball comes off the rim – I fully expect Sam Williamson to rebound the ball because he's going right. It's not just that rebounds are coming to where he's at. He's going after it. And he's – there's not a lot of people – I mean, he can, he, he's got a you know pretty good vertical. Like, he's going to be able to get up there and, and sky for that rebound, you know, a lot of the time. So, like Perry was saying, he needs to focus on that. Like, just focus on one thing at a time right now. 
focus on rebounding the ball because what that's going to do is it's going to give you chances inside for second chance points, layup, you know, quick layups, dunks, whatever. Um, or with Carleek and David, you're going to get that rebound, and when those guys collapse to come at the rebound, you're going to have an open guy, whether it's David, Carleek, or even Quinn, somebody out there on the three-point line. But just relax. He's progressing, I feel like, very nicely this year. We got next year to look forward to and see, see what the man can do. But I think I think the other thing is, and I don't know how they do this or run offense for him, we're a better team when Jalen Withers plays well and he and he gets to somewhere around 14, 13 points a game and somewhere in the eight rebound department. If you can get if you can get 14 and eight out of him consistently, I mean I know when he when he obviously against Notre Dame he had a double double. so I mean I wouldn't expect nothing less of him. But when you have a guy that, like, with his ability, and like you mentioned, he's still a freshman, he needs to be more assertive of himself and trying to score things. You know, and, and you touched on it a lot when you said a lot of that about Sam. I think Sam really just, it goes back to what we do. Everybody, we want, I, I feel like this fan base is starving for a one and done so bad <laughs> they don't know what to do with it. So we try to uh, anoint it on every guy that comes in here. Like, because Wayne Blackshear and Anthony Davis, like, played in the same high school and Wayne Blackshear won Mr. Basketball, we expect the same thing from, you know, we expect him to be great here. Mm -hmm. And when the reality of the situation is, you know, if Jeremy is a great high school player, right? I was. And he comes into college and he has um, an okay performance, it's, it's two things. The one thing, <laughs> you're so silly. The one thing it is is, one, Maybe Jeremy peaked in high school because everybody peaks at different times. You, you know, got, you got hope, Sean. So, <laughs> you know, so maybe, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe VJ was as good as he was in high school. Right. Maybe Wayne Blackshear was as good as he was in high school. But also Wayne Blackshear played for a school in Morgan Park, who historically has a good team from Chicago. And he had two bad shoulders. Like, that's yeah. the thing with Wayne. Like, his wasn't – he well, had he had injuries – well, plus at the beginning of that, people always want to make that. I'm glad you said that. The Anthony Davis. Oh, well, he beat Anthony, well, Anthony, Anthony Davis, Davis was like six six when at that time he hadn't got. I, I don't believe he had got his growth spurt yet because Anthony Davis was, was a, a guard, guard in high yeah. school. He was a guard as a freshman, and then between like freshman year to like junior year, okay, so I thought it was he junior grew to like senior. he grew like to six seven, and then from senior year he grew from like six seven to six ten. There you go. But what people don't understand is Anthony Davis's high school team was trash. Like, he would go out and be like – he would put up like 48, like 15, and like 12, and they still get beat by like 35. Right. Like, he didn't – he played with a – like, he played with a bunch of kids that just like – they're going to be future hedge fund managers <laughs> and my managers at banks and crap like that. He didn't play with a – They're, they're small they're You know what that's like. They're managing <laughs> Anthony Davis's money right now. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. They all – they all – One of them is his agent. They all played a role yeah. in his success at some point in his life. So, for like, me – Don't forget us, Anthony. We passed you the ball for those 48 <laughs> points. <laughs> right. Uh, you're right. Exactly. Hey, who threw that lob to you? Who got you to Kentucky, bro? Yes. Well, you know? Uh, so, Brian, never mind. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but it's so for me, it's not that – it's not so much that, you know, we always try to make a guy somebody he's, he's not a lot of times, I feel like. So, like, when you look at a guy like Trez, Trez came in and let his presence be felt. When you look at – you know, it took Russ Smith a little bit to figure it out, but he figured it out. Some guys figure it out, and some guys are just going to be who they are. I remember, you know, everybody got 
Nate Johnson came in, I think he averaged like 15 or 14 points this first year. And everybody's like, okay, he's going to average 20 the next year. And I think he got no, I never, never, never got higher than 16. And people are like, well, he never like matured or blossomed. No, it's not, it's not about that. What about the guys around him? Right. What, I mean, like, you know, what, did the guys around him help be great scorers so he can score more points a game? Did he have a great point guard that put him in great positions to score? Like, you know, it's, it's a, the game's a lot different when you have somebody that puts you in a great setup situation to score. Peyton Siva put Gorgie Zhang in a lot of great situations to score. When he yeah. drove the, when Russ Smith and Peyton Siva drove the ball, they put Luke Hancock and other guys on that team in great situations to shoot the ball or to create for, for Gorgie or, you know, Gorgie set great picks to get Luke open. Yep. So it's not just much as it's about you, it's about the people around you as well. So, you know, Sam is playing with Carleek Jones and David Johnson. David David and Carleek do a good job of passing the basketball. So now those guys can't make Sam be more aggressive. That's something he has to decide to do. Right. And if he doesn't decide, I mean, if he doesn't decide to do that, and, he, and this is who he is, he's 12 points and eight rebounds a game, that's just who he is. Like, I think we just need to understand that. Because I tell you one thing, L. Ellis, who's down at the junior college right now, he has a 50-point game. So we know he can score it. So, and obviously we got the, the young man from Miami that just committed as well. Cross. So, I mean, so we got we got guys in place that Bobby are hopefully. Bobby Pettiford, also a freshman coming in next year, can absolutely score the basketball so, as well. So, when you look at Chris Mack's teams and when they've had great success, they've always had great guard play. One of my favorite teams that he had was when he had the Lions kid and he had the two Holloway kid. And now a lot of people don't remember how good that team was off the, off the dribble. All they really remember is that big, uh, that big old fight they had against Cincinnati yeah. that one year. <laughs> but at the, but really, though, when you look at that team, go watch that team and watch how they played. They had a big guy in the middle. They had a bunch of guys that, that were 6'8", six, 6'9", six, could put on the deck, kind of like Jalen Withers, could put on the deck, could shoot it a little bit, but they, they could, they're more attuned to driving the basket and making plays. So I'm really excited to see what's going to happen next year. But at this current moment, we can't make somebody be who they want to be. And I get tired of people saying words like, um, "like oh, he's going to get there. I mean, well, we're three. We're seven eights <laughs> into the season. <laughs> so, like, I mean, he is who he is at this point. You know what I mean? I don't, I'm, not, I'm not knocking anybody for saying that because I feel like that's the thing of you want him to reach your potential. Right. I think we all want him to reach what we, he, we see that he is capable of being. He just looks like, I mean, honestly, of anybody that I've seen pretty much play at Louisville in the last couple of years, he looks like a pro. Yeah, no, he he, he moves does. like one. He moves he like moves, one. right. Yeah. I mean, he moves like it's business out there. Yeah, and it's frustrating because like you 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 feel the same way I do about this. I feel like when you watch him, you want to you want to see him do more. Yeah, and I just want that light bulb to click because like it's when sometimes it's like this when I watch Sam, he'll make a great play, he'll make another great play, and then all of a sudden like you don't see him for a while, but he's out there. Or he makes a bone. Now, one thing I do like is he makes a bonehead play or something, but his expression never changes because it's like the old adage. Yeah. Uh, forget about that play. Let's move on to the next. Like, he, he, you can tell, like, with some people, you can see that they dwell on things yeah. or whatever. He does, and it's just like, all right, well, that's over with. Let's go on to the next thing. But, yeah, he looks like a pro. Yeah. He's got that demeanor about him that just, like, this – Kid, just get that light bulb on in your head and do what we know. Like, play how we know all we, – we all know you can play. Yes. And then here's the, the thing. and here's the other thing. You know, uh, being, being a fan of this great institution, 
You've seen some great wings and two guards come through here. You've seen, you know, you've seen uh, Dewan Wheat. You've seen Daryl Griffith. You've seen Eric Sullivan. You've seen Derek Smith. You've seen LeBradford Smith. You've seen Purvis Ellison. You've seen a great player at every position here at this school. Mm-hmm. I mean, Charlie Tyro, the list goes on and on. Wes Unseld, you know, I, Junior Bridgman. I mean, I could go on forever. Wade Houston. <laughs> yeah. I could I could name them all. I don't want to leave anybody out. Keith Williams. Like, you know, I could go on. But anyway, point being is you've seen a great player at every position. Right. So you want to see Sam Williamson not be Sam Williamson. You want to see him take it a step further to play to a guy's, abil- a guy's ability like a Derek Smith, you know, because you know he can do that, like a Francisco Garcia or not that he shoots the ball that good, but like a guy or a Nate Johnson. But he can be he can be on that caliber, on that level. Yep. And you're seeing, you see flashes of that in J.J., but I, I think he'll be – and he'll be a great – he's going to be a great player for us here in the near future. I hope he takes a major step from this year to next year because he has that type of ability. So – that's JJ just needs to put on some, some more muscle. He'll be all right. I, I don't even know if it's muscle. I just think he needs to get stronger because, you know, with muscle, when the more mass you put on, the slower you get. I just think he needs to go in the weight room and just lift and shoot. Lift and shoot and work on his ball handling. You know, two or three dribbles. He's not scared. No, no, not at all. That's one good thing. Now, he, no. he makes some not plays contact. where you just kind of scratch your head. Yeah, but he is not he is not scared one bit. And no, you don't have to run offense for him to make to form the score. Right, like you look at it sometimes, it's like, no, dude, all right, that's a freshman mistake. At that point, that's a dish or 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 whatever. Right. But he just he gets is, pushed. He gets pushed around a lot. That that's his only. As far as I'm concerned, that's been the only thing. Even last yeah. night, you could see it. He makes freshman mistakes, yeah, and you see absolutely. him, and you, and you can yeah. and you can pass it off as that. Like it's a freshman, you're gonna learn. You know, same like learn same thing with Dre Davis. You know, there, there's sometimes that same thing, but and and the and the fatigue part, the, fe- the fatigue part is like so when you're in season that freshman year, you hit a wall. Yeah. <laughs> well, not just that, you've also had two COVID pauses. That's yeah. caused a lot of issues, and, I think, in development. And that's the thing. And Sean, I'm glad you brought that up too. Before we move on to the the second half of the show, there was a lot of kickback on on. Facebook and social, I'll say social media because when you say Facebook, it just makes you sound stupid for listening to people on Facebook. But it's oh, not, it, doesn't, it doesn't make you stupid. You know what it is? You you really want people to see the truth, and well, when they don't, you really it really frustrates you so much that you have to tell them. It frustrated. <laughs> first off, this has nothing to do. But with it's the a waste COVID of your box. time, and you know it is. But for some reason, you got in that moment, you're compelled, baby. That's what it is. I got Don't so take frustrated. The Don't take I the got bait. so frustrated this week <laughs> because we sometimes. put out a story at cardinalsportszone.com where our our basketball beat writer uh, Ben Gumble posted uh, a story about what we needed to do to improve our seed line. Well, instead of click people, love you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for for reading the site. When we put those things out on Facebook and Twitter, you got to click on them to read the story. The headline's not the whole story. So when Ben put Cardinals only had three more chances to improve their seed line. That does not mean we think that they're not going to make the tournament. That means we have three more opportunities to improve our seed line. 427 comments after that story were, well, y'all, this is what Marcus was talking about. None of our local media have any faith. Go cards and sometimes cats. But, no, that's not what we're saying. You we're know s- people don't read. No, no, no. People only read headlines, man. People were only read headlines, which which also touches on the second part, which was the, 
I can't believe we just got whooped by 45 points. Uh, this is embarrassing. Fire everybody. Fire even fire Chris Mack. Fire Fred Heenan. Even fire Ray Ganong, even though he ain't there no more. Fire everybody. And I had to explain to them, I've never played any sports after having COVID. I've never had COVID. And I know that it affects I've everybody not, differently. I've not played any sports since, Okay, I know you've dominated been, COVID. I haven't played yeah. any sports. I haven't especially played any sports since COVID. Unless you count no, like, but, tasting I mean, like, wine as a sport. That, that is your sport kind of. I've but have you had COVID? That. No, actually. Okay. I so t- hey, you know what's funny? I've tested myself every day. And uh, it's kind of crazy because obviously I run a test site. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. I was going to say it's not it's not like those girls that try to pee on the stick every day to see if they're pregnant. You're no. not like just no. wasting time at no. home. You're just okay. No, I'm I'm really I, like, I made COVID my Joey dominated COVID. Yeah. He got it. You he, know, it's um he killed it. But so, we don't know how to affect these so, are these are high profile athletes. Uh, so, but one thing COVID has told us is that nothing is for sure. You can have somebody that's in the best shape of their life get it. Somebody who's not in great shape get it. I'm not looking at you, Joey, on purpose. And then the person that's not in good shape. I mean, I whooped that ass. Dominant. So <laughs> and then the person who is in great shape may never get to play basketball well, again. Well, how did COVID affect you? I was very. So the only two things that happened to me was couldn't smell anything. Right. And I would get just. Like I could be sitting here doing this wide awake, and then just be like, "Man, I gotta go. I gotta go lay down. I'm about to fall asleep." Yeah. Like it would just your, instant, your fatigue, your instant fatigue. fatigue. Yeah. And that's where I was going with it. Is like I've noticed, I've heard from a lot of people that have had COVID that the fatigue factor. Right. So when we have players, obviously we have had that have got COVID, or we wouldn't be on pauses. Right. That's going to affect them. And, and, you know, it didn't just go right away. It, like, as far as, like, the smell, it took about five, six weeks for me to get my smell back. Mm-hmm. And I still, even after it, you know, my my fatigue factor was still heightened for a while after that. Right. So you got to give these kids, you know, some time because, like, you're talking about going out and playing a high, you know, a high-octane sport. And that, that's and exactly my point. We only, we only laid eggs. The two games right after the pauses, we played fairly decent. Well, I don't know about you, but we don't lay eggs over here. Well, <laughs> I'm just playing with you sometimes. Uh, but we we only we only uh, Higgy stop laughing and get back on DoorDash. Um, we only have had issues when we've come off of those pauses. I want to I want to talk about a couple things real quick. We're getting into the, deep into the second part of the show, and we're not actually to the second part of the show yet. But okay. uh, so yes or no. Are the cards in the tournament now? Yes. 110%. Yes. I think they're in, and I think they might have knocked Duke out unless Duke does something that's um like on, on, on another level these next couple games and really wow some people with some big wins. But I think I that last slot's now. between Duke and Georgia Tech. Whoever has yeah. the best record going the rest of the way. Oh, I don't I think it's whoever has the best record. I think if it comes down to it, they're going to put Duke in just because they haven't missed the tournament since 94. I got a better one for you. When you look at people's records, like outside of like Gonzaga and Baylor, and it's really hard. A lot of, I mean, a lot of people have six and eight losses. Yes. <laughs> like it's like like the committee. And only ten or eleven wins. Yeah, the committee, and then but they're ranked, and like the committee's really gonna have a hard time picking that. Not only that, the NIT. Is going to be like the A-list celebrity list of NITs I know, it's ever. About like North Carolina, Duke, Kentucky, oh, Indiana. It's going to have them all. Like you're going to have like five of the 
five or six of the top. The new eight champions classic will yeah. be in the That's yeah. what it's gonna be. I mean I mean I don't but know if Michigan State's in because they did I mean they did beat, beat Ohio State. And they beat Illinois though. And they beat Illinois. And um but you know that they Everybody broke that guy's they broke that kid's nose in that game. I, that was a dirty yeah. play. But um, and that kid, he's the only player in the country averaging 20 points, six rebounds, and five assists a game. He's the guard. He's a stud. I forget his name. But um, probably going to be Big Ten Player of the Year. And then, then Illinois turns around and beats Wisconsin by 20 without him, without 20 <laughs> points a game on the court. It was like it was a 20-point game, but it, was, it probably didn't end up that way. I think if any year with the selection committee, if you just go by kind of, you know, the eye test, yes. this is the year. Throw the record. Like, you can't just go by records. And, like, even losses, like, with Louisville's two, you know, really horrible losses, you're coming off three-week stints, you know, where they're off. So, you throw that out the window. Like, to me, it's like, look at the teams. Who who, Which teams give for the most competitive tournament? Not, you know, not based on their record uh, and and things like that. I mean, because, like, right now – like even though we beat Duke last night, I mean they've been playing a lot better really the last have. couple of weeks. Yeah. yeah, they look they and look they know, look more polished. Right, you got hurt, you know you got the hurt kid, you got Wendell Moore, and I can't think DJ of Stewart, the, the their freshman Goldwire. Yeah, okay, yeah. Goldwire. That's the one I was trying yeah. to think yeah, of him too. Yeah. So they've 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 got Jermaine Brakefield still broke my heart. We talked about him. Like <laughs> Why? A, Why? Because he picked them over us. So you were on that show out, when we got the out. when we got I the know, word. I know. Time out. Time you out. You were on out. that show. Actually. I know, but time out. What happens when you make your bed? You have to what? You gotta lay in it. That's right. Or do something. That's we right. don't know what Sean does. And that's in right. Bed, that's right. Hey, and he. Yeah, don't ask hey, me what I do hey, in my hey, bed. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're so terrible. You nasty, nasty man. You, you nasty man. You. That's what Sean says. Golly, G. Willikers. <laughs> <laughs> well, by golly, but 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 you know, I'm friends with a me, lot of nasty people. Apparently, yeah. I mean, he's your brother, so <laughs> apparently. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. Ah. Yeah, that was a good one. If you got to point it out, it's not funny. No. Yeah, I was gonna say that, but since you did, I'm gonna leave that. <laughs> see, I'm not laughing. I'm just. <laughs> but you know, when you look at that kid right there, he's averaging what 13 points a game. I mean, not 13 points, 13 minutes a game. Yeah. Which kid he could have came here. Again? He could have came here. Jermaine Brick. Oh. He could have came here and had a bigger role. He he's he could have he played in the same role that Quinn Slazinski's playing, and he would have been more effective because he's better off the dribble, in my opinion. And we were all over him. We were going to make him a coveted player. And he wanted to go there because I get it. Coach K, the allure, the brotherhood, what they preach. I get it. I'm not knocking Duke for being what it is. I mean, Duke Duke sells itself. Yeah. Like you can't be a hater. You don't don't hate the player, hate the game. But now you got to be pretty daggone smart, like even yeah. to get into Duke. I mean, it's, it's an it's equivalent of an athletic education after basketball. That's my favorite team that wears well. blue in the yeah. country for sure. Yeah. So <laughs> so silly. Not me. So, but for me, I think when you look at it, he could have been in a major role here. Because we need a forward to step it up. Because mm-hmm. when you look at us as a team, and that's why I'm kind of hoping Sam could take another step in the right direction sooner rather than later. Because a lot of teams have good guards, but when you know when you know they're throwing the ball inside and that guy's not like going to be a threat, it's easy to guard a team. Right. So I want to see Jalen take the next step and be more assertive, or Sam take the next step. I don't know when that's going to be. I don't want it to be next year. I would like to be now because I'm not good with patience. Like, I'm sure you guys aren't either. No. But I think that's the next thing for this team to elevate itself. So, 
one of those guys is to be more consistent from that four that four position. I would like to see that happen. That's S- Speaking of next games, our next game, uh, that's a transition in the business, Higgy. Uh, our next game, we play uh, at Virginia Tech. That's on, uh, on Wednesday at 7 p.m. on ESPN2. And then Saturday, we host Virginia uh, at 4 p.m. A, a, a station, as of the time that I, I, we wrote the show, had not been designated for that yet. No, they do. I mean, I'm assuming they'll still do senior activities, senior day activities. I don't, I don't know, because that that always involved bringing all the families and people on the. It, it well, may be a mess. Well, they something with the women's basketball, right? Yeah, they yeah. Did. So, I'm so I don't, I don't know. That's not that hadn't been announced yet. I as far as I know, I would just hope they would put it on TV. Like I don't know if that that would be, be a, that would be a great idea or something. But we're, we're bad. We're battling for the Virginia championship next week, Sean. How? Mm-hmm. Uh, give me your predictions. How do you see next week going? Are, are we one and one? Zero oh and two? One and one. One and one. I think, believe it or not, I think we lose to Virginia Tech because they gave us all kinds of fits here. That one kid Did we beat just, them? Yeah, we beat them, but okay. barely. It was like that one kid was hitting threes. Just <laughs> He was turning around and hitting the three and, like, turning in midair and hitting threes. I'm like, how is that even possible? Now, both of these are quad – because yeah. the way the way that it was explained, a quad one win is a top 75 win away or a top 35 win at home. Uh, when we played Virginia Tech, we had a quad one win, but then they fell out of the top 35. So that when you saw last night, we were 0 for – what was it, 0 and 2 or 0 for, 0 for 4? I think well, we were one now 1 and – Well, no, now. But, I mean, yeah. before the game last night, they were, or during the game last night, they were showing the graphic that we were 0 and something. And people were like, well, I thought we beat Virginia Tech. Well, mm-hmm. when when the way they do quad one wins is in real time. So when Virginia Tech fell out of the top 35, we played them at home uh, – then that turned that one to a zero. So even now, if they move back into the top thirty-five, does it? We would like to. So if they move back into the top thirty-five, no. How it are they not? Th- th- this week's game, both of them are quad one opportunities because Virginia Tech has to, at Virginia Tech top okay, seventy-five gotcha, team. Gotcha. Uh, Virginia will be a top thirty-five team at home. So, uh, so you say one on one, Joey? You know, I'm always saying two and zero. Oh. Okay, uh, Higgy, two snacks. What about you? Two and zero. Oh. You always do what Joey does, and hey, why our, you be riding Higgy so much? Like Higgy's over here just, just chilling, man. <laughs> yeah, why you fun. be killing Higgy so much, man? It, 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 it's fun. Plus, he, he's it built like a small it. horse, so I like to ride. No, I'm just kidding. I'm joking. Ooh, <laughs> keep that to yourself. <laughs> no, I, y'all are stupid. Let's go to our expert, though. Uh, Pretty P over I'm here. I'm not the expert. You I are the expert. I appreciate that. So you know, I'm. This game's going to be really interesting. Uh, I I think we beat Virginia Tech. I think we lose to Virginia. I just think, you know, historically we're not the best in the world against Virginia. But we're um, freaking do man. Well, but I I, I like us. Um, I, or you know, this Virginia Tech game is very winnable, and we beat them at home by two. But you know, the Aluma kid. I think I'm saying his name right. He's a he's a forward for them. He's their leading scorer, obviously. And the Radford kid, they both are one thing that they do. Their top three guys have positive assist to turnover ratios. So, so what's scary about Virginia is, hey, I can score, but I can also pass the ball, and I'm a willing passer. When you look at the uh, Aluma kid, he has 42 assists to 39 turnovers. You know, the Radford kid, the point guard. He's not the best shooter in the world, but he has 34 assists to 16 turnovers. So, like, he has a great assist-to-turnover ratio. Yeah. And then you got the Eleni kid. He has 34 assists. He's a guard to 29 turnovers. 
and he's a sophomore. He's still learning. But more importantly, he's a 6'4 guard, and, and these guys don't throw the ball away. They value the basketball. That's the one reason why Virginia's, Virginia Tech's really impressive. They don't wow you with anything. They just don't beat themselves. But that's what scares me, Like even like the last couple of games, when, like you said, they're willing passers. Yes. You know, we on rotations sometimes get caught with two on one, and then they've got that open man. And these guys, like you said, if they're willing passers, there's open threes. Mm-hmm. I don't know where Virginia Tech lies. I'm not, you know, straight out the dome, Baylor's number one three-point percentage guy like Perrin. I don't know where Virginia Tech ranks in that. But that that would, you know, kind of, you know, scare me a little bit about yeah. that game. And, you now, know. and now when you look at the Virginia game, they got four guys in double-digit scores. You know, the Hauser kid who's That's a tri- crazy. The Hauser kid averages fifteen and six. You know, the Huff kid averages thirteen and seven. So he's that's still there? Yeah. So <laughs> like then you got the Murphy kid, he's 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 eleven a clip, and you got the Clark kid who's eleven a clip. So for me, they got four legit guys that can get it done from a scoring standpoint. But for what what scares me about the Virginia game is Huff and Hauser are interior players. They can step out and hit the shot, they can put it on the deck. That's going to be in a lot of pressure for Quinn Sosinski to perform from a defensive standpoint, from Jalen Withers to perform from a defensive standpoint. So those guys are going to have, have – and Dre Davis, all those guys are going to have their work cut out for them. Well, obviously Murphy and Clark can get a dent at the guard position, but I think we have better guard play oh than yeah. they do. So I'm not worried about the guard position because that's going to be a push. The main thing is how do we control the interior in that game because that's a real issue for me. And when you look at what they do, I mean, Virginia just really does a good job with moving the basketball and getting guys into place. Guard, anytime you got a guard that averages five assists a game and the Clark kid, he does that, you got to really do a good job of containing the basketball. So I think you – I don't know if you put da- – I think you put David on it because David's long. And, well, uh, I mean, athletic. they had David on uh, Matt Hurt. I think his first name is Matt. But Hurt for Duke. Yeah. And when he was on him, like, he was suffocating him. Like, he, that, that was – it's weird because when Sam was on him, like that's when he was really getting a lot of his his, his shots off. David has some of the longest arms I've Man, seen. Man, I'm telling you, he's got a seven two wingspan. Yeah, it's and he's only like crazy. six four, six five. Like yeah. you don't. I didn't realize how long David's arms were until um, I always heard people talk about David. Until he gave you a high five across. Not the even room. that. I saw David play in high school, and he was guarding a guy, and he wasn't trying to. It was his sophomore year at Trinity, and he was still figuring out. But you can tell he his physical tools were just so unbelievable. But he's guarding the guy, and his hands are almost at the ground. <laughs> and, he, and the kid couldn't put the ball on the deck. And so well, the reason why I say that is when you watch Louisville play, the camera doesn't do enough justice to how long David Johnson's his arms are in terms of length mm-hmm. and how he can put his hands out in the basketball. I really feel like he should be a better defender than what he is, but I still think he's a good defender. But he could he could wreak so much more havoc. Be he could a lockdown be, defender. He could be like a shorter version because David's six four six five of Scottie Pippen. Okay. He can be a guy that gets you fifteen points a game, six seven rebounds a game, and four or five assists a game. He should be that consistently. I think he can be that the next level if he finds the right situation once he decides to go off to the NBA, whenever that may be. Well, I, I will say this, and I can back pairing up on this. Uh, seven seven foot two is the wingspan, and I. First time I saw and realized, I, he, he actually, true story, I saw him tie his shoes once standing up. So that's when I realized actually <laughs> how how, uh, how long Extra he long was. Shoelaces. Just I mean, it was, he was just like, <laughs> like, man, I wish I could do that. I hate bending over to do stuff, but uh, but but nevertheless. So uh, Higgy, you said two and zero. Oh, why? 
just a few words because we don't got, have much time left in this first segment. But why do you think why do you think we're going to overcome the the disadvantage that we have underneath uh, the basket against Virginia? Like I just think the way we've been shooting and the way Carlick has been playing, we will play much better than we have. So at the same time, I think Weathers will play play to his potential that we've been expecting all season. So, could happen. But I wanted to ask you all this real quick. I was asking Perrin a second ago about this. There's three bracket projections out there right now. Mm-hmm. One has us as a 10 seed playing against Florida with the two seed being West Virginia. Okay. One has us as an 11 seed playing in the play-in game against San Diego State for a matchup against Tennessee. Never happened. Nope. Or the eight seed – Against Maryland, but one seed. Oh, please, God, let that happen. <laughs> who's, the one, who's the one seed? Baylor's our one. Seed. I don't even care about the one seed. <laughs> please let that happen. Which one would you all take in a nutshell? For the love of God, Maryland. Joey wants Maryland badly, so I'll, I'll go ahead and defer uh, to him. Maryland on that. aside, I would say ten seed with. Uh, who'd you say? West, West Virginia. Virginia. Yeah. That's but a tough one, though. West Virginia's pretty good this year, and they press. <laughs> They're one of the top defensive teams. Yeah, I mean, we're don't. not winning the national championship, guys. I mean, I right. love our I just team. I love our game. school. But <laughs> like game. Gonzaga, well, I hate to break that, right? But Gonzaga's winning the national championship this year. Well, I'll say this to I'll you. I'll take the field on that Would one. you? Well let's, let's, well, let's look at this from this perspective. The one seed gets the 8-9 winner. Right. The two seed gets the 7-10 winner. So I'd rather be somewhere in the 7 or a 10. Right. Because – because a two seed is more beatable than a one seed, so I mean that's it's simple math. It's simple math, right? Yeah. So for me, I don't want to be eight or nine. I'd rather be a ten. Yeah. So I'd rather I'd rather play a West Virginia than a Gonzaga or a Baylor in the first round. And historically in the tournament, I think you know stay away from Michigan. Ten ten seeds have a pretty good record, you know. Yeah. It seems like every year now a 10 seed, a 13 seed win a, win a first round game. If Chris Mack can make it to the second weekend, I'll be happy. I'll be yeah. impressed. Yeah. I'll be impressed with that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think that would satisfy a lot of, of I'm of not a naive like uh overly fanatic. Oh, we we're going to win the national champ. No, we're not. I, I mean, think we could. Well, here's the thing for yeah, me. Yeah, I mean, if people As long as we don't run into a team that presses or a team that has because our, our that scores more points proven. than us. <laughs> okay, stop. Uh, because we've already we we've all all the teams had the COVID. See what you did there. The COVID um, and the head to bid pre- precedent. That that's gonna whatever weaknesses we have fatigue wise. That's gonna accentuate that exponentially. And then the other thing is this though. So welcome s- back to the Cardinal Sports Zone podcast with your host Perrin Johnson. Go I'll ahead. Say, no, no, no. I want you to remember this though. You know, one thing that Coach Bettino used to always talk to us about is pressing is harder to have an effect in the tournament than it is, like, not in the tournament right. because of the timeouts are so long. Right. So, for me, I'm not worried about a fatigue factor because everybody's kind of under the same thing. Yeah. So, now, if you got co- – you were on a COVID pause before the tournament, that's something <laughs> different. Yeah. Right. Like, if you just, like well, – You might as well just stay home. Yeah, like, right. at this point, like, if, like, if it's like, hey, it's Selection Sunday, COVID pause. See y'all next year. <laughs> That's pretty yeah. much it. Yeah. Like, we're so just like, gonna go, we're, yeah, we're going to go ahead and chalk this up. Holler at your boy. Uh, yeah, like that's pretty much it. So I think that's the – for me, I'm not worried about uh, fatigue being an issue. I, I think I think we are who we are. It's just a matter of can can somebody be the X factor down the stretch in these last games and blossom into a player that they haven't been this year. 
I, I like I like that uh, opinion there. To, like I was saying, uh, my opinion is we need to stay away from teams that press at a, at a, a successful clip. And we also need to stay away from teams that are more physical than us under the rim because we've already shown. Okay. Even even Jalen has been pushed around a little bit. He got to a point against Notre Dame where he missed four layups, maybe on three. I think three of those were on consecutive possessions because I, I won't say that he's afraid of the contact, but a lot of the times, to me anyway, it looks like it shakes him a little bit. I think so he expects the contact and sometimes doesn't maybe the, get the, it. And then, you know, like that you're be a factor as well. The contact, you don't get it, and you're a little bit more aggressive with it than, he's you, not, than you need he's to be. Nice. He's yeah, too true. nice. That could be it, he's too. Not, he's not – those guys need to be mean. Yeah, well, that, only that goes back to the Trez thing. Like, yeah. Trez, like – He was mean. Like, I don't care. He I don't. Was I do not care about your physical well, well-being. Yeah, Trez, Trez <laughs> operated under the mentality like, hey – yeah, I like playing basketball, but we we don't have to play basketball. We no. can take we, we can, can take, go outside and fight. Yeah, we can go outside fight. We want right <laughs> yeah. here. We can fight for this. If you really want fight, like I'm I'm here to play basketball. But listen, yeah. listen here, partner. Like you know, oh, yeah. so come at me, bro. Yeah. So for me, so for me, when we talk about physical teams, and you talk about teams that are that that put their put put a lot of contact on there, I'll tell you teams that that make me nervous for that in that category because if we're in a seven ten matchup, eight nine matchup, these are the teams we're going to play. I'm thinking Baylor's physical. I don't yeah. want to play Baylor, and obviously we know how good they are. I don't want to play Gonzaga because nope. they're 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 everything. They're top to bottom. They're it. I'd say I'd stay away from a West Virginia. I'd stay away from a Kansas, and um, because when you watch those teams, those are the teams that are probably going to be in those matchups on the second round side, not the first round side, that you're going to have trouble with from a physicality standpoint. Because West Virginia, they're physical as hell. I don't know if you guys have seen them play. They 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 will screen well, it's Bob you. Bob Huggins. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know what they were in the Cincinnati days. That's right. Not a lot has changed. Just the, just the name of the university has. So, I just when you look at physicality and you look at certain teams, like and everybody in the Big Ten, stay the hell away from them. The Michigan. I wanted to ask because my team well. lead at work is a big Michigan fan, and and I haven't got to watch them that much, but like, are they like le- legit? Yes. I okay. think, yeah, and they are one of the few. Perry and Point touched on this earlier, too. Michigan's like one of the – if you kick me again, I'm going to put you in the camel clutch. Uh, I don't even want to know what that is. No, so you don't. Keep going. <laughs> Sorry one of the few that. teams that have come off of a – clutch. One of the few teams in the country that's come off of a COVID pause and played well the right. next game. They're the only one. Well, Probably the I only mean, one. Like, you know, I know, historically – You said somebody else earlier – so I thought they were historically Michigan. Like if they're good, like they are this year, they've got like player of the year, like one of the finalists. They're you know, a one Tim, seed for sure, too. right? But I'm saying like this year, there's nobody. Like you're not hearing about really Dickinson. I think yeah, you right. would know that Hunter Dickinson <laughs> because Volvo recruited him. Yeah, we were in this final too, and he picked Michigan over. Well, us. no, I'm just saying, but canoe. but you you get what I'm saying? Like there's no. Uh, Lottery pick type player that just stands out on their like, roster. I like right. the I like the Livers kid. Yeah, he, he's now, tough. He's now, tough. I mean, off I've the heard bounce. of him, but I'm just saying, like, there it's not like somebody scoring 20, 25 points game. You know, like, well, tr- was it Trey Burke? Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. like well, they don't have a Trey Burke. You know, it's, five, it's five different guy. though. So that's what I. That's why I was wondering, like, are they really legit? Like, do they, I guess it feels like they. It sounds like. Maybe they're just more hey, well-rounded, like of a team this year. Yeah. While we're talking about this, pull up the stats on Michigan's best players. But more importantly, can you before you pull up the stats on Michigan's players, 
can you pull up uh, what Luca Garza averages? Because I know it's 20-something a clip, right? So well, Michigan it. held him to 16 a clip. Okay. And Iowa's Iowa was one of the highest-scoring teams in the country. And, but they don't play a lot of D, but they'll, they'll try to shoot you out the gym. Yeah. So, um, real quick before we continue, we are reaching the hour mark of the podcast. We normally don't try to go over an hour, but we got somebody of parents' caliber in the booth today, which he's going to be like, oh, yeah, yeah. "Shut up, you're 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 pretty okay. daggone good." So, uh, we are going to go over a little bit here. So, I just want to let you all know that. So, Luca Garza averages twenty four clip, right? So, when you look at the game that he just had. And we're gonna go to game logs real quick. I'm, I'm like, I mean, he 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 shot the ball. I mean, they lost. He only had 16 points. He had 19 attempts. So it wasn't about they weren't right. giving him the ball. They 16 contained points him. off 19 attempts is not good. No, they contained him. So and they contained him with the kid you just mentioned that chose Michigan over Louisville. But the one thing I really like about Michigan and what um, Jawan Howard has done, he brought in Phil Martelli, who used to be the the head coach of St. Joe. Yep. And that's really helped him develop and put in certain things because when you, the one thing that people don't talk about with Michigan, even though they scored the ball a great deal, their defense is tough. They, they defend the ball. They probably got Archie Miller fired <laughs> the other day with how, probably they, how they beat them. Probably not because them. all the Indiana fans want him too. gone. So <laughs> he, he's probably back. They probably decided to an extension. But when you look at them, they got uh, – remember Mo Wagner? Yeah. Mo yeah. Wagner. They got his little brother, right? Yeah, and he's, and he's a stud. They got him. They got the Livers kid. They got the Livers kid, and then their best scorer is Hunter Dickinson. Hunter Dickinson. Who would have thought it? That's how. I mean, that kid is seven foot one. He's a freshman, and he's two fifty five a game. He's like a senior to me. Yes, he does. I mean, it's. I can't believe he's this good this early, and it's been really impressive. But I, I'm Michigan's just a good out. I mean, but they have a lot of guys that they play ten minutes or more. I mean, they're deep. They. I mean, the Smith kid can pass the ball with the best of them, and. I'm a I'm a kind I'm low key kind of afraid to play against a team like Michigan. I mean they're they got a good team, so. And I agree with you wholeheartedly. Before we move on from basketball and hit the, the tail end of the show, Sean, uh, for the people <laughs> out there that don't know, yeah, well they know he don't hit the tail end of anything. But Giggity. can you give everybody enlightened people about our recruiting class? This is going to tie in because we we you're going to talk about also uh, the addition we got this this week. But can you can you let everybody kind of know what the 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 freshman class is going to look like this this upcoming year? Well, you're going to have, as uh, Perry mentioned, L. Ellis, who is an unbelievable guard. That guy's going to start day one. There's no doubt. He's going to be because obviously Carleek is probably not coming back. Um, he's going to step right in what Carleek was. To me, that's he, he and Carleek have so many similarities in the way they play, except I think he's a better three point shooter than Carleek is. Okay. Um, you're gonna have Bobby Pettiford. Uh, now I don't know if he's gonna start, but he's gonna play significant minutes because he's a good defender. Uh, he can get into the lane at will. Um, he's not a great shooter, he's working on that. Um, I think he will get better. His shot isn't like horrible, he can hit it. Uh, but he's just a good all-around player and just unbelievably quick. He reminds me in his quickness of Russ Smith. Not quite as quick. Russ Smith is just a different kind of quick, but right. reminds me of that. Um, and then, of course, uh, that, those are two big guys. You got uh, Vander Hygen. Uh, Vander Hygen, I think is how you pronounce that is, it. That's actually correct. Um, he's going to be a guy that's not – I don't think he's going to get a lot of minutes. He's you think he's going to kind of be like Jalen was, like brought in, maybe red Maybe, yes. Yes, because I think Gabe was supposed to be part of that class. He was. He's, 
He's uh, actually this year, and he's actually played some this year because of out of necessity. The big whiz. Yeah. Um, and then, James. of course, uh, Mike James, two-way player. He's the guy that I think could be – The diamond in the rough. diamond in the rough. That's Yeah, because he's great rebounder. He's working on a shot, uh, but he's a good <coughs> scorer. He can still score the ball, even though his shot isn't great yet. He's work. He can get to the basket, and, and he can finish at the basket. More importantly, he's got that Trez mentality. Absolutely. Um, in his last two games combined, he scored over eighty-five points. There you in go. His so high school games. He's done great. Who's the? Uh, the I feel like we got one more guy other than the guy that just committed this week. Uh, I don't think. We, we think may not. Well, go ahead and, and tell us a little bit about the guy that we got the commitment from out of the blue on, I believe it was either Tuesday or Wednesday. That would be Matt Cross. Um, he was a freshman at Miami this year. Scored, I believe, 16 against Louisville. Hit, uh, I want to say, three or four threes. Um, and, it, and he didn't miss hardly any. He only missed like one or two of them out. So it was like three or four out of six or seven. Um, shoots, shoots the three ball, like a really 41% well. yeah. clip there. Yes. Um, um, does he remind you of like a shooting wise? Because this is who I thought. I thought if you put, if if you added Ryan McMahon and Kyle Keurig together and gave him about four inches in height, because not only uh, not only does he shoot the ball well like those guys, but he kind of slashes. Kyle Keurig, uh, his junior and senior year, he came into his own. He started driving to the basket, mm -hmm. uh, being more physical. Everybody remembers the dunk against Notre Dame. Uh, but that's the way he played that that whole year that year. Is that kind of the vibe you're getting from him as well? Yes, yes. Because a lot of people, I've seen some people comparing to Luke, but it, Luke was more. He wasn't a slasher, right? Right. Yeah. Now he would drive. He could, but that wasn't his game. Luke was an old school like '70s ABA yes, player. Yes, he had a lot of. He could get to the basket, but it was a lot of like scoop shots, yeah, scoop, exactly. doos, stuff like that. Um, and he's more of a spot shooter, whereas Matt Cross is an athlete. The dude played football as well, and I've heard there that supposedly he still wants to try to play football as well. Let's go. I don't know if that's true, if that's going to end up being true or not. I figured if if Max is going to buy, sure, go play football. I only know of two people that actually did that. Uh, it was Tinch mm -hmm. and then Big Troy. Uh, Yep. And no, uh, Chichester played oh, basketball. Oh, Chichester. That's yeah. right. I forgot. He played, no, he only played, he like played uh, games, uh, the one year because – we ran out of bodies on the basketball court. Exactly. Is that correct, Baron? <laughs> yeah, I wasn't there. That was after me. That was after. That was, yeah. was it? I thought it was, it was right I after. Me. It was, oh no, you're right. The name we're forgetting too is Roosevelt Wheeler. Thank you, Roosevelt. That, that's Wheeler. what I said. That's there was one more person. Yeah. He's gonna be a huge. Now he's addition. injured right now. Yeah, he's correct? injured. That's, that's why people aren't really yeah. saying a bunch about him because he's on the show. But shelf. you know who he's like? He's a lot like. Uh, he's got a game that's similar. Now he's not quite as advanced, but a game similar to Hunter Dickinson. Really? Yeah. He's See, I was gonna say. Uh, Anawaku. He reminds me a lot of Anawaku. See, I, I think he's a little Gorgie. more skilled. Who? I, think I was going to say Gorgie with his spot-up shooting and stuff. He is a yeah. great spot-up shooter. Apparently. No, no. I want to keep I'm, – I'm, I'm liking the conversation. Oh, okay, cool, cool. I've cool, cool. talked a lot already. So. I thought – no. <laughs> yeah, really? so – but, yeah, I, that's what he reminds me because he's got a real – like just a real uh, polished game already. Okay. Uh, it depends, I don't know how he's going to come back from the injury. So I don't know if he's going to come in and get a lot of playing time immediately. I'm thinking he will because we're probably going to – Malik, we don't know what he's going to do yet. Uh, Gabe was Nitzer. I don't know how he's going to develop. Whereas Wheeler already is – he was relatively well-developed. 
Yeah, I, I feel like they're going to be – this is probably the best fresh, complimentary freshman class that we've had in a while. Uh, we had we had one three or four years back, and for some reason I can't – well, the, the one – the real big one that I can remember was, was the one where it was uh, T. Will, uh, the man who will not be named. Um, gosh, who Amir, else? Was? Amir Johnson, Chad Millard. Uh, um, Brian Harvey, right? Brian Harvey. And there's one more. And then um, – Clarence Holloway, right? I don't know. That was after. Clarence Holloway was like in three straight recruiting classes, so it could have been. There's one more. But anyway, uh, gosh, I'm trying to remember. I think it was Clarence. Maybe I could be wrong on that. But uh, And then we had one just a few years ago as well, but I can't for the – maybe it could be – oh, well, the Super 6 probably is what I'm thinking of, mm-hmm. uh, even though they didn't really pan out on the court as well as we thought that first – as we would have liked. But uh, yeah, I, I like what we got coming in. I feel like if I had, if you asked me to put money on it, I would say we probably have one transfer, may, one maybe two transfers out. I don't think we add another piece, but it wouldn't shock me if we added another piece, especially if one of those two guys. I think we decide have, for sure that they're leaving. I think we have two transfers. I think we probably are thinking the same too, but I don't want to put any names out there because I don't want to. Oh, he's he's been told. Even though I had been, I don't I don't want I don't I don't want that smoke. I think one guy I think one guy stays, because I don't th- I think if he transfers, he's gonna have the same problem wherever else he goes, and you can probably understand I, I who I'm talking about. I know that. Who you're talking about. And I think there's another guy that we just missed on because you don't bring in a guy from a JUCO that plays point guard. So we need so I think we mi- I think we need somebody from the guard spot that can score. And I think that we need somebody from um, – I think from a, we need somebody from the forward position to step up and come in and give us something immediately because we can't keep depending on guard play. We need some interior presence because we don't really have any right now. I, I, and I think, in my opinion, I could be wrong. Maybe he's tired of being in school and wants to go get some money, whether that's overseas or in the G League. I think Malik should come back next year and show that his foot is healthy and give a full year of a – because big guys take longer to develop. And I know he might not want to be in school another year, but I think that he just needs to come back and just have a good show, and I think it would do him a lot more good than it would do him any bad. I think Malik comes back. I think we have a 50-50 chance at, at selling Carly to come back. I think there's no shot in, in blank that David Johnson comes back. No, he's rejected in the lottery. I, I think – well, he was, he's fallen. He's he late like first round now, yeah. Okay. But uh, that that you would be my um, that would be that would be my get. Now this is the class that was supposed to have Jay Scrub, correct? Uh, yeah. yeah or, correct. or was that the that, one that, that freshman this year? Freshman class. It would have been this year. Yeah. Okay. Been this year. All right. So, all right. I'm just he trying. He would have really helped. He would. <laughs> and I think <laughs> well, clearly, but I think the the one thing I would I would have really liked about him coming into school, he would have pushed Sam Williamson to be more assertive. Let me ask you this though: How's If Jay Scrub comes, we don't we don't get Carleek, right? Probably that that's a good point. We probably you, don't. You probably don't. So you're asking David. So, David's at, so then maybe maybe that's the case. I don't know. Because I think I don't think we went after Carleek until after that is correct. I Jay Scrub because yeah. uh, Jay was going to think they want him to play two guard. Mm-hmm. I mean, and we would have had a big lineup with David. At the, I mean, you're looking at six five, six seven, six seven. So. I so I, I mean Carly probably doesn't come here, but it would have been nice. And to I love Carly, man. But yeah, I love me some Carly Jones, man. But it would have been if you were an old school Louisville fan, which everybody here in this room is. It would have been those guys would have been huge from the guard yeah. lineup. 
back in the day, they it would have been like you know Coach Crumb's guys when you had six foot four point guards and six foot five. But I swear, Carly, yeah. like looking at him out there, I don't know how tall he is. He's six one. But he's he looks. I mean, he looks and plays taller than six four. Yeah. Could you imagine if he was six five? <laughs> no. Oh so yeah, That's he wouldn't be here if he's six five. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, he, he would have never went been to Radford. Yeah, Radford. He would have never been at Radford. Yeah, that's for sure. So that's the name of the game. So I'm, I'm happy with the results so far. I think everybody can probably get down with this. We're all waiting for that program changer. I think I think you know you want you want it to be Sam. You wanted I mean some people let's let's be honest we all we all drink the Kool Aid on this one we thought it was going to be Aiden, Agehan we thought he was going to be that guy. Um, I think it'll be L. Ellis. I was I was told, I was told that from other people like Aiden's going to take some time and I didn't want to believe it. And then I kept hearing that in the rumblings from people, so hopefully he can be that guy next year. And hopefully he wants to stay, and but I don't see that being the case because it's you're two years in, and you're starting Dre Davis who's six foot six at forward, and when and you know even Malik was out and you didn't play him a ton, you know what I mean? So I don't I don't know what's gonna happen with him in in terms of what his situation is gonna be, but I mean, hopefully he can figure it out this summer and really put in a lot of work on his offensive game and defensive game so he can really be the guy that we think he can be. So. All right, and I did figure it, Jonathan Huffman was in that class, as well as Clarence Holloway was as was as well. So it was Brian Harvey, T. Will, Clarence Holloway, Chad Millard, Blank, Jonathan Huffman, and Amir Johnson. <laughs> I'm not never saying his He's name. He's been erased. I'm um, I have deleted him. So that up, but but yeah, I we're we're all waiting for the pro. I agree with you. We're waiting for that program changer, and I think you I think you very easily. All of us have, even even Parent has about what a fifteen year fandom of Louisville. I mean, since you've been here, you that's been. Gosh, it's well, been I've so known, long. I've been a fan of Louisville way before that. I okay, just, uh, that's fair. So we like, all have an extensive like, uh, fandom of Louisville. But I guess what you're saying is a more detailed approach to it. Yeah, in the last well, no, no, years. no, because I mean, if you're a fan, you're a fan. I think we could very safely at this point take Russ and Carleek out and throw them over somewhere different, because they don't. Re- if you talk about the best of each position. There's things that each of them don't do well, but they're definitely the two most exciting uh, players I feel like we've had in a long time. I would put them in the top five. If you said, give me your top five most exciting players of all time without even knowing any – without even saying another mm, name. I don't know. I could safely put both of those in there. I that's mean, because, but that's because we're seeing them right now. Correct, correct. Well, I mean, I'm actually more mad, mad when Carly misses his one shot per game than I am when he makes his two turnovers a game. So – Except uh, for me, because I remember DeWan Wheaton. Well, no, no, no. That's why I said you got to take those two people, out, those two guys out, and sit them over here on a pedestal by themselves, because you can't really compare them to 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 DeWan or to Alvin or to Peyton or to you know any Don. None of them. You can't really compare them to any of them because they all have different strengths and, and different weaknesses. But those two. Did you have a player on any of your teams that reminded you of? Either Russ or Carleeks? Um, no, because they just – it wasn't the case. You know, back then, Chris Mack's teams always have great success from the one and the two position, and then they have a forward, that a guy in, in the interior that can anchor it out and whatever. When you look at us, we always had guys that were good at, at from one, two, three. We're yep. The two and the three position – 
at Louisville under the Rick Pitino years were everything. You know, Jerry Smith, Edgar Sosa, uh, you know, Taekwon Dean, Larry O'Bannon. Even PK. Brandon Jenkins, Preston Knowles, you know. Uh, I mean, it, it, those guys were always got it done from those two positions. Mm-hmm. And then you had Earl Clark obviously be who what he was. You know, Coach Patino guys, all those guys, Francisco Garcia had multi-skill sets. You could shoot it, pass the score. You always had to do those things. He was one of my favorite people ever, just so, hilarious to be around. So, so, you know, when you talk about all those guys, those guys have great, great ability from the two, three, and the four position. Earl Clark, T-Will, you know, Francisco, Taekwon. You know, we've seen a lot of guys that can really fill it up. You know, Preston Knowles, you know, guys that were scrappy and tense, didn't, didn't give a damn about who they are playing against. And they Jerry Smith. Jerry Smith, yes. Which, by the way, Preston, Earl, and Jerry, we will have all three of them on this summer. So yeah, and Jerry, and Jerry's a guy that really gets an under. He has an underappreciated career. I mean, Jerry got two ten days. He played with the Nets like he was in the league for a second. He was one of my favorites. Set the. I do remember this. His first game at Louisville, he set the record for most points scored by a freshman. I don't know if that's been beat since then, but I believe it was tw- Stat Boy. Look that up. Uh, please. I believe it was 22 points. It was ni- from 19 to 22. I don't remember how many points it was exactly, but he set the record at that time. I don't know if that has fallen. That was a long time ago, but uh, I just remember him going back to Marquette. That that was amazing. At three and running off, like ripping his jersey off and running down hey, the. You know who else needs to be included and excited though? Needs to be kind of set aside. Who's John? Montrez. Yeah. There was nobody like. I mean, we were doctors of dunk, but. Montrez was so good that <laughs> He's people. He's in a class by himself. Montrez was so good, people forgot about Shane Bahannon and how good Shane Bahannon was. Shane who? I agree. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, I mean, I, I, I hate to say that, but, and I'll say this to the day that I die, if Shane Bahannon never gets kicked off of Louisville, Louisville goes to back-to-back championships. I, I don't think anybody with half of a brain would argue with you. Higgy, what did you find out? V.J. King scored the most as a true freshman. No, no, I didn't say as a true freshman. Game oh, it's first game. In your court. first game ever as okay. a Cardinal, Jerry Smith held that record. It was in between 19 to 21 points. I appreciate you. Uh, let's go ahead real quick. We're going to hit the rapid-fire segment and the women's basketball update, and then Sean's going to close this out with baseball. Thank God baseball's finally here. We've had seven games since the last time we talked to you. Uh, we've done pretty well, but the women's basketball, we had pretty much a week off because we – when we recorded the last time, there was a game going on, and there's not been a game since. There's about to, uh, uh, there's about to be a game start uh, here here in a little while. But uh, Joey, th- we also had like a uh, one of our McDonald's All Americans was named to to a list this week. Can you give us a little bit more information about that? And the, since Sam's not here, can you fill us in on the rest of women's basketball? Yeah, I mean it's pretty quick. Um, Louisville signee Peyton Verholst. I um, hope I'm saying that correct. Was named to the McDonald's All American team. Now, obviously, that game won't be played, um, but they will be acknowledging those. So then I kind of ruined the news virtually. when I introduced it. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, <laughs> introducing them virtually. Dana Evans is also now a finalist for the Senior Class Award. She's currently third. Um, Card Nation, go to seniorclass.com. At the bottom of the page, there's a basketball tab. Click there. You can vote up to f- uh, oh, vote for up to three women. Uh, it's still open. It's open until March twenty second. Um, get out there and vote for Dana. Um, and that's really it on the women's side. Um, it, it was a slow week. They had a game canceled. I'm not sure it was because of us. 
uh, Sean, you probably remember you wrote the 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 story up, or if it was because I don't of remember. I think when we recorded last week, they hadn't the game versus Florida State hadn't hadn't been played fully yet. Well, we we were. It was like when we stopped recording, it was two minutes left. Yeah, it was I mean, clear so we, we were going to be right. But the Syracuse game, I'm not really sure whether that was because of us, COVID related or them. I do not. I do not recall. But uh, they have a they have a tough matchup against Notre Dame. To, is that the, their se- their regular season ender is against Notre Dame? Yep. Um, so the ACC title too. It will clinch the ACC title. Okay. So plenty of great stuff with women's basketball. And Dana oh. Evans can has a chance to probably win back to back ACC Player of the Year. Yeah. I don't I know don't how many times that's probably, been done. I think it's got to be. I mean, she leads the league in scoring. It's a, it's a got to be a no brainer. Yeah. And she's on the. Uh, Sam didn't include this, and Joey didn't say anything about it. And pl- plus, to be fair. Joey was given the responsibility of women's basketball about three minutes before we started uh, the podcast. But Dana Evans is on the player, the national player, the war uh, player of the year award watch list as well. Um, Got to be top five in that too. But Sam Sam released a story this week with uh, Louisville uh, women's basketball player uh, Mikasa. Uh, is it Robinson? Correct. Yes, Robinson. And uh, he's got a couple in the works. We're going to try to get Dana Evans. We're going to try to get Haley Van Lith. But a great story. Uh, she appreciated it. The family appreciated it. The, the coaches appreciated the coverage of it. Get to cardinalsportszone.com and check that out. Uh, a few other rapid-fire things. We got a uh, an amazing still this week, I believe, as we announced the hiring of new recruiting coordinator David Cooper. Uh, he comes from the Florida Gators, part of their last two top ten recruiting classes. Terrific. Uh, seems like – thanks, Iggy. Seems like a, <laughs> a, a great guy. And he's going to help us. Something that we've kind of struggled with is that Florida pipeline, this reestablishes that. Or if there was any kind of a lag, this knocks that out of the way. I'm looking forward to great things with the next recruiting class. Um, and also, we got, had a little bit more football news. Uh, Nebraska – Quarterback, what well, I forgot his first name, Luke Luke, Luke McCaffrey, uh, son of Ed McCaffrey, mm-hmm. brother of Christian McCaffrey, announced that he was transferring to Louisville, and that was kind of a shock to a lot of people because this kid's a four star, was a four star quarterback coming out of high school, borderline five. Uh, he played in garbage time last year for Nebraska, so his two touchdowns and 11 interceptions kind of misleading because you're just trying to make something happen. I think there was one game he actually did start, but it was because he got thrown in. Because I didn't ask you that, Sean. Be quiet. Um, (laughs) (laughs) A lot of garbage time stats. Shut your mouth. Um, But I'm looking – I think he could – this may just be heat of the moment, excitement. I think he can be the starter this year. Uh, I know that's probably not going to be what – the team wants to hear or maybe the fan base but i think he's good enough that he can take over and start well it needs to be somebody there that can put some pressure on malik to perform right. better. That, that, that's, that's what it really boils down. i think exactly. that's the main thing somebody's got to be able to put some pressure on malik to perform better and uh, malik hasn't had that type of pressure you know evan conley's not a bad player he just can't move right and that's that's the thing with the mccaffrey kid you know coming from ed mccaffrey He's his brother, Chris yeah. McCaffrey. You know he's an athletic kid. Yes. So he can't – he will be able to move. So for And it will put that, that pressure on, on Malik. So, for me, when I look at this roster, and we can – I really want to see who the offensive line is going to be. Right. So, is, Tre- is Trevor Reed going to be whatever – You know, is Trevor Reed going to be any good? Like, is he – can he do something different? Mike Gonzalez coming in here, is he going to be able to contribute right away from the offensive line? And Brian Hudson. 
Are those guys going to be able to contribute? Can we can we sure up that offensive line? I think you see Hudson and Gonzalez is just. A, I don't know if any of y'all have seen him in person. He's a monster. He is a mountain of a man, and I think that he's going to have a a, a Mackay Becton, Kenny Thomas. Uh, those two guys came in and it contributed immediately. I think he has that type of effect on, on the line, and I see Hudson coming in. You know, the seasoned vet. He's already played three or four years at Virginia Tech. Uh, three years, I believe it is. He's coming in as graduate transfer, correct? Or is it a COVID transfer, Sean? You're the recruiting guy. I believe it was a COVID transfer. He's yeah. still got three years of Thanks, Sean. Um, I'm just kidding. But so he's going to have – so he has how many years? Three years. Well, that changes the game because that, that provides stability. Your offensive line – If he can get eligible this year. I think he's Cole Bentley's back too, right? He's eligible? Yeah, yeah. He's eligible. Okay, well, that's good to know. Cole Bentley's back Yeah, too, Cole Bentley's yeah. back for another year. But, uh, but I think but what you're getting at with those two guys, that's three uh, – probably three years of – uh, co- continuity, right. cohesiveness, stability. Are they on each side of the line? Or are they yes. okay? So we got that'd be a guy that we can have anchor each side of the line. You know, the strong side, and the weak side. Absolutely, because the defense got better as the season progressed. Yes, right. it wasn't talked about a lot, but we didn't do them any solace because we weren't scoring a ton of points on the offensive <laughs> side. So, like I said, the question really for me is, can um. And 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 I'm not gonna. And this is no disrespect to anybody on that coaching staff. I think everybody, the the kumbaya is over. Yep. Yep. I think Coach Satterfield needs to do something this year that gets people the, the the excitement and the expectation that he left in our mouth after go, having a good year his first year here, because with the every how everything turned out, no disrespect to him. Um, I'm not. I don't mean this in a bad way, but when I when you. As a coach, I think him and uh, Vince had a conversation about probably giving the assistant coaches more money. But then COVID hit. So how can I give you more right. money when I really essentially don't have it? I've been laying people off. Yeah, yeah I so I, I keep more, more money. money. So now what happens is, and I feel like this is what really happened with the whole situation, just from the business side of it. And tell me if you guys think I'm wrong. If you guys think I'm wrong, go ahead and tell me, please. I feel like with the fact that there's no real way for me to pay you any more money, because I don't have the money when I'm laying, like 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 you said, 30 people off. So how do I force your hand to try to get me more money? I know. I'll interview for a job. And what, hap- was is, what has happened is some of those coaches that didn't get the money that they wanted have left to go get money elsewhere. A like, lot of the coaches have left. So that has helped. So that's going to be two things. One, the guys you got in could do more than those guys could do. Yeah. Or, you know, you don't have any improvement. I'm hoping and I'm optimistic with the turnover that he's had that there will be improvement. I hope Malik can be a better passer. If not, then let's defer to the McCaffrey kid and see where we where we get. Or if the offensive line can be something, then put Evan Conley back there and throw the ball. But I don't see that being the case. I, I've honestly, and I may be in the minority here, but I've, I've been very, very pleased with Evan Conley and his ability to come in and when we've needed him, I mean, Wake Forest two seasons ago was a huge example of how he came in, showed no fear. He shouldn't have been able to, to to be as mobile as he was, but he, for whatever reason, he looked more mobile than any of the other quarterbacks out there that game or that season. And maybe it was because the game was so was so much faster and he was so much slower. Sometimes that gives off a false illusion of, uh, of, of people being more mobile, but man. I, I think the quarterback room is stacked with the addition of McCaffrey. Uh, I think we're gonna have we're gonna have a good year. Uh, I love the coaches that we did retain. I, I like that we added guys like Cooper and Bicknell 
and uh, and promoted and Sims, and then we promoted the guys, Pete Thomas. Um, you know, it, it just it left as, as somebody who played football and was a member of a college football team. It feels good when you feel some a sense of a foundation being laid because that's been our problem as a football team the last decade is is the the foundation every time we get it built strong it cracks a coach leaves I, I really feel good about the fact that what we have going on court Dennison is a complete stud he is going to he wants to be here in Louisville as long as Louisville will have him that's a conversation that, that that's been had so I, I Pete knocked a great guy they, they've got good and, and even though Satterfield applied for a different job I still don't fault him for that everybody's goal is to get more money to advance um, I don't like the way he, he it came out that he did it but that's fine everybody's allowed to make mistakes we live in a world where everybody thinks that oh you, you have to atone for every no no they, he does not owe me as a Louisville fan any explanation for anything he does for his family and his personal life I just want to make one point on that so People make a big deal about him, and we've made a big deal in the past about our coaches interviewing secretly for other jobs. Here's my thing. For everybody else out there that works, when you're going to, to look for another job, how many, of you, how many of you tell your current employer, hey, I'm going to look for another job. I'm going to interview at another place. You don't. You go, you interview, you get the offer, you accept the position, then you come back to your current job and say hey i got a new job here's my two weeks right <laughs> yeah no you, if you want to keep me what well, can you do I'll, or i'll say, th- I'll say I'm this like i just don't understand that i don't mind i don't mind the interview because i understand the business side of it like you said and i agree with you 100 percent. my thing is don't lie i want it. yeah i want him to have a good year and if he doesn't have a good year this is going to be very unpopular let's go get jeff brown <laughs> i'm with you I hate to say that, but listen, and and here's the thing. Here's the thing. You dropped the brown bomb. I mean, here's my thing. I believe that Satterfield can be the guy. I don't feel like, but the energy around him doesn't feel like a guy that wants to be here for the next 15 years. He doesn't have that type of synergy around him, right. especially after the right. South Carolina situation. I agree with you there. So, But I also agree with the fact of what you said. I don't think he – I have been told he never had any intentions of Which leaving. Which is fine, and I agree I with that. I think it's a money – like you said, but I think it was a – let's let's try to not seem too it was douchey and try to get this money without getting the money. Not even douchey is a word for it. I, I think love it's a It's a business of it. Like, I need it's, – it's, it's, it's poker. Right. How do I force your hand without coming off – Am I bluffing? Yes. And that's <laughs> the only way to do it, and that's what he, he had did. He had his sunglasses on. You couldn't see the eyes. I don't, I don't fault him for that. No. I just – I think I think the fan base here wants a long-term solution. And I think in order to take that next step to to be in the, to be in the category of what people want and what people want, let's just be honest. We want to be able to compete with Clemson mm-hmm. and be able to beat Clemson and Florida State, either be competitive with them every year or beat them every other year or even beat them every two or three years, or whatever it may one be. One out of the two every year. One or two out every right. year. That's what that's what people are looking for. Maybe make a a, a college football playoff yeah. every three, four, five years, something like, yes. like have a chance at it. That's be what in the conversation. Want. Right. 
And the only way you, you're in that conversation is when you get a guy here that is a long-term problem solver. I'm not saying Satterfield doesn't want to be here long-term. I think Louisville was one of the easiest jobs in ACC, if you, if you ask me. You win eight games a year on average. People are okay with that. Maybe, and then every two, every other year or two years, you get. Let's say every three to four years, you win ten games. Right. You beat Clemson. You beat Florida State. You play in the ACC championship, and you end up in the college football playoff. Every four, every three or four or five years, every four or five years, people would like to see that. Right. And then, and then you have something like that. But that has to change with a guy that wants to be here long term, so you can establish some really strong recruiting things for that to take place. I think that's the, what people want to see. I don't know how you get to that, but. But you, you got to have a guy that wants to be here long term, and right. you were hoping that was going to be the guy in Charlie Strong, but you know that wasn't the case. But, right, that's the thing. Until we get to that point, that's what it's going to be. We're going to have that, like you said, every four or five years, we're going to have a 10-11 uh, win season, playing the Orange Bowl, playing this or whatever. You make $4 million then, a year. And then that guy's gone. Yeah. we're The stepping stone. We're, look, we, we got close. We got on the precipice of, of being that Great destination. Word. Yes. But we're not so we we've taken that step back. So guess what, people? It's gonna we we've got to get back to that point. And and it may not be with Scott Satterfield. He may get us back to the 10-11 win season. Yes. Beat a Clemson, playing a uh, ACC championship game. Mm-hmm. And then he may he may leave. And and then you, we gotta start start again. But, but if you come here and you take something and you make it better than what it was when you got it, exactly. I'm okay with you. Exactly. Agreed. And, uh, leave it Leave it better than you found it. Whereas most people don't think of Scott Satterfield as being a home run hire. I think he was a good hire. Oh, yeah. I don't think he was a home run hire. Uh, Sean, but how many people could get the home run hire, though, Jeremy? Like, how many schools are getting the home run hire? Nobody. Like, if you're not Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson. Well, Clemson promoted what, what Dabo Sweeney was like a, a strength coach or something. Like he, was, he, he was a wide receivers coach. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't even an assistant coach or coordinator. I, I was trying to do a transition. Okay, well, I was just asking a question, <laughs> but go ahead. But no. Transition, but, I don't know. But over. speaking of home runs, Sean's got a little bit to tell us about home runs because he's going to uh, <laughs> catch us up that's on all, the Louisville baseball team. That's the only thing he knows about home runs and scoring and getting to third base, first base. <laughs> Second. Dugouts. Unbelievable! Thank you. I had you, buddy. Sorry, (laughs) sorry. Um, I I don't know what's on the plate, but so uh, (laughs) I'm not a switch hitter. No. (laughs) Now you didn't have to clarify, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, Smeller's the feller. Um, (laughs) Right. All right. We uh, let's see here. We're six and one. The baseball team is this year. Um. Uh, they swept Bellarmine the opening weekend, uh, and it was pretty much a dominant fashion. Five to one on Friday, thirteen one on uh, Saturday, and eight to three on Sunday. Uh, their uh, midweek game against Eastern Kentucky was a six-two win, and then they unfortunately lost the opener against Western Illinois on Friday, eight to three. But the original starter for the game, Gary Albanese, was out, and there were also uh, I there's think eleven players 11 that were either players. injured or Reasons that not cannot, available. Yeah. Reasons that are not allowed by HIPAA. But the good news is they come back and they win the series. Went four-one uh, in a doubleheader. Uh, it's actually a doubleheader. First game of doubleheader, four to one, and uh, the second game nine to four. The offense, obviously, as you can tell, is really it's performing there. well. Uh, 
Cam Masterman is the main reason for that. Uh, three home runs, uh, five RBIs, and also Henry Davis, the catcher. That dude hit three home runs first in three the first games. two games. In the first two games, yeah. yes. I thought it was the first three games. First three games. Actually, right. It was the first three games. It was one home run each game. Okay. And uh, the thing about him is he went 0 for 2 in a game, yet he's still gone on base twice and scored once. Yeah. <laughs> so, he's still, even when he's not getting a hit, he's, he's getting on base. And, of course, we're talking about two weeks in this. So, before we yes. anoint anybody the next MVP of the team, that would be very easy for people to be like, oh, Alex Benellis only has one hit this oh, year. Oh, no. You see, that's the thing. But but in baseball, it's a, it's a whole different monster than the other sports. Like, you have slumps. I mean, it's called a baseball slump Well, there's guys, too, that uh, got, some guys are slow starters. Yeah. Uh, other guys, they, they come they – come <laughs> <laughs> They what? <laughs> they come out of the gate on fire and then – they kind of they kind of fade as it goes along. <laughs> Don't let him steal your thunder. Keep going. If they're going. coming out on fire, they <laughs> yeah. need to go to the clinic. Keep going. Keep going. Don't yeah. let him. Yes. Keep it going. It burns um, what I pee. Pitching. Pitching is. <laughs> You're not gonna be able to post some of this, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not posting at all. Pitching wise, it has been a lot of by committee. There hasn't been really anybody stepped up to really dominate. Luke Smith's been good. Uh, he had a four uh, four inning uh, outing his first game, and then uh, pitched five innings, got the win uh, Sunday. Uh, he's got, I believe, it was eight strikeouts. He had five in the first game, three this. Is last he game. the only Louisville pitcher to make it to the fifth inning so far? I believe so, okay. if I remember. Yeah, because we had a lot of bullpen. Yeah, it's been a lot of bullpen. And they're still trying to figure out the original starting three was Albanese on Friday, uh, at Elliott. Adam Elliott stepping into the starting role on Saturday, and then Luke Smith on Sunday. They kept Luke. Uh, it looked like it, what was interesting is the last Saturday game we had, or the first, uh, the doubleheader, mm-hmm. it was Michael Kirian starting the closer. And he pitched two innings of shutout ball. Um, and then Adam Elliott came in, and he pitched, I believe it was three innings. Was um, Prosecchi on that list of injured slash sick or not? Because that's a kid that I thought last year when he when he uh see I don't remember he had a pretty hot start I believe he was a freshman had a pretty nice start see I want to say actually no because I believe he actually started on Friday okay I believe he started on Friday let me double check that because I believe he did regardless the, the pitching's been like you said it's it's been it's not been Louisville baseball standard pitching. well not the starting the starting pitching are trying to figure it out right, right now the right, bullpen's right. been great actually because that's one thing I think you can say if you've watched Louisville baseball over the last 20 years yeah Prosecchi did start. our staple is pitching uh, so uh, what does Louisville baseball have coming up this week Sean? they have uh, Moorhead State um, at home and then they on go, what day uh, that's a uh, Tuesday and then they go on the road uh, for the weekend series against Georgia Tech Okay, and I believe that all these games are going to be available on the uh, on ESPN three slash the ACC Network or ACC Network Extra. I mean, so uh, and and we'll get that information out to you during the week as we find out what it is. Uh, we, we want to also again par- thank Parent for coming in today. We appreciate you filling in for you did the job of three people today, which is normally what you do so we appreciate you doing the lord's <laughs> work <laughs> i don't know if that's the lord's work it's you can't attach the lord to after well, all those sexual in the windows you. You <laughs> well i i i do what i want uh, this uh. is my show so no but uh tell everybody what else so everybody knows that you already do radio on espn 680 and 939 yeah. but what tell everybody about the uh, the uh the covid clinic that you have going on anything else that you have um right now oh uh, well this i do i got a lot of i got a lot of 
eggs in the basket right now. And but look, um, this is this is this is not FCC regulated. So if you want to say you got a lot of blank on your plate, go ahead. No, no, no. We don't care. I, I don't know, edit I know, any I of the show. It's like you can't. You're not gonna be able to post. Dude, I can't. We post what we every like, week. No, we I'm care. just messing because like I'm so used to talking with FCC guidelines. Right. I try. No, not we to have no limits. This is Jeremy F-dill. limit. So so basically, what I'm doing right now is I work with a lab out of Dayton, Ohio. Greg Ingalls is the CEO of the company. He's a great guy. Uh, with um, they're called SV Diagnostics. We are called SV Diagnostics, but um, and we also work with a company called Revolution Diagnostics. So we do a lot of our testing via a mouthwash, and the reason why we do that is your mouth regenerates every seven days, your nasal cavity regenerates every fourteen days. So how that helps is it's easier to get a more accurate sample from collecting saliva because it's constantly producing moisture and it's a and it's, cr- it's the current state of what your body is in in terms of what's coming in and out of your body. Interesting. Because of that, we're able to do testing, and we also do a thing of pharmagenetics. Pharmagenetics, have you guys ever heard of this? I have not. So heard. I will give you – so this is something that I think is really awesome, and this is something that could be great for the mental health side of things. It's also in, in retirement homes with, with people and just, just medicine in general. So let's say you are suffering through depression, and typically when you're suffering through depression – People might give you something like Prozac, which is a stimulant, which will help you like not be so depressed, or Zoloft, which will help you not be depressed. Even you out a little bit. Yeah. yeah, and then you have Xanax as well. Let's say let's just say we're looking at those three medications. I'm not sure exactly what Xanax is, but something along those lines. So, let's say you get take Prozac first. Prozac something that might not be good for you because your your body might not be receptive to it. So then after I take 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 you off a of Prozac, I put you on Zoloft. And it's better than Prozac, but it's still not getting the job done from you from a medication standpoint. So I finally put you on Xanax, and Xanax is the medication that works for you, and you're going to start taking Xanax from now on to deal with your depression, right? Mm-hmm. Well, pharmagenetics just eliminates that whole process. So what pharmagenetics does and what we do is we take your saliva and we collect your saliva as your DNA sample. And then we test your saliva, and we see, and we can see which medication. You know that which one is going to be the one that works. Be the one that works. So That's instead really of cool. making you a guinea pig and giving you two different types of medication, and you over here like my doctor's full of bleep, like, you know, it's one of those things where we can eliminate the process from a medication standpoint and do that. We also work with the Ohio State Patrol. And what we do is, you know, a lot of times nowadays, my, I got some buddies that are in, in the DEA, and they'll pull people over, and they said it's not really much of alcohol being the issue anymore. It's people on methamphetamines. It's people being on pills. So what we do with them is we do um, saliva testing, and we can test on what drugs are in your system, whether it be THC. Because I'll give you an example, and I don't mean to ramble about this too much. No, you're good. Let's you say you are. Did us a favor. Go ahead. So let's say you were smoking marijuana three months ago. What would that be? December. So let's Roughly, say you get yeah. pu- let's say you're on your phone and you get pulled over, and they su- they got you on sus- because you're on your phone and you swerved a little bit. So let's say somebody were to pull you over, and you say I'm not taking a breathalyzer test, but I'll take the blood test. Well, if you take the blood test, you know let's say marijuana typically stays in your system 90 days, 60 to 90 days. So when they test, they draw your blood, and your blood will come back with the marijuana in your system because it's been it hasn't been three months yet. Right. So you would. The police could tag you for a DWI for not only let's say they can yeah they can tag you for being under the influence of marijuana even though you technically did not smoke marijuana that day where you were driving. With our test, because your mouth regenerates every seven days, it can tell you when we can give you we can give the police force, which is what we do in Ohio, 
the mouthwash test and let's say the cops accuse you of having like being under the influence and you didn't, your mouth mucosa wouldn't generate the marijuana that you smoked three months ago right. for you to fail the test. So it's better for it could be better for, for people real time testing. Yes, uh, yeah, and that's why we call it a real time PCR test. <laughs> so um, so <laughs> so now wha- the reason why that's good one when the when the police officer pulls you over there's a 2 hour window for them to get the whole DUI process done. So let's say if I wanted to do this also will help the police force, not only help the the people that are getting pulled over but the police force as well because you have a two-hour w- time frame to get something done from a police standpoint of getting somebody for a DUI or on a suspicion of uh, whatever. So when you go to the hospital to have the blood work done, if you don't sign that document, nurses won't draw your blood, right? which delays the window for me to test you for DUI, which puts more subject to chance for you not to be charged with a DUI because right. you're stretching out the timeline. You still might get ar- arrested on suspicion, but uh, you can go to court and fight that and have a better chance. But with this process... It would eliminate that whole process of having to take you to the hospital, having to do all those other things. And with a saliva test, I don't know about you, I'd rather collect a saliva sample yeah. than have to deal with collecting blood. Hey, this this can help on the needles. parole department, too, rather than collecting blood, having to collect urine or anything of that nature. It can eliminate that process and the testing results we work within a 24 to 48-hour window. So we can give you th- this type of information and we can have it for you within 48 hours at the max. That, that's so really cool. That's so really cool. So that's what we're doing with, with Pharma Genetics and working with um, the city and the government and trying to sure things up to make those things happen because, you know, police reform is something that people have been talking about. This is one of those things that can help with that process. Do something about it. You're yeah. doing something about yeah, it. Yeah, you know, putting your, putting your money where your mouth is. Right. So, we, so one of the things that we're trying to do is we're trying to expand that and put that in more places than others because I think it's something that is very, very much interesting and more importantly, I think pharma genetics is are are the way to go, and they are the the wave of the future. When you look at testing people for medication to see what works better for them, rather than me giving you five things that don't matter, or you might have a break on the medication, or the medication could have you have a bad episode. And I think it's a new wave of medicine that people will really appreciate. So, uh, quick question: So, like, say for instance, you know, with antibot, does it work with all types of medicine? Yes, yes. Okay. I can if I I have the, I don't have the sheet with me. But if I showed it to you, you'd be um, – we can test for damn near everything. Like a- a- antibiotics, you know. Antibiotics, I've got anth- amphetamines, antibiotics. Um, hydrocodone. Hydrocodone. You, you name it, we can test for I it. I need to figure that out, man, because, like, I do have – like, and I know it's a little off subject, but, you know, sometimes with pain, you know, the problem for me is is I've never taken a painkiller that's actually killed any pain for me. Right. So it's like, oh, we'll take this. Don't work. Take this. Don't work. Right. So if the, for me, that would be something that could be helpful. Yeah. That where, you know, if there was a, t- you know, test that I could take to work and say, you know, all right, four things like that. Yeah. This is what you'll need. You Absolutely. Know, to, right. So this is what we recommend based on your genetics. That's the other thing that we do right now is this. With the, um, the testing site, obviously we run a COVID testing site. And I know people are scaling back getting tested because the vaccine is coming and it's coming and it's coming. But everybody's not going to want to get vaccinated. And some people might not get vaccinated. and Some people might get vaccinated. But even if you get vaccinated, you can still there's still a possibility of things happening. And I'm not going to get into the science of all that because we'll be here forever. (laughs) But we can do that after the show. But what the one thing I will say is with us is we do what we call workplace wellness. So what workplace wellness is. 
Let's say you work in a warehouse. I do. Everybody doesn't want it. Everybody's not going to get the vaccine at the warehouse, right? They're not. So people are still getting COVID, right? Whether you like, it's not as not as uh, not as many people, but people are still getting COVID. So what we do with um, pe- places that have employees of fifty or more, we go in there weekly, we test all their employees, and we have the results back within twenty-four to thirty-six hours. So that way, if I was working with you in the warehouse. You could take me out the equation and not have even five other people possibly get COVID and we can continue to work and you don't, you're not down 25 workers and you can continue to keep on cranking out your work. Right. So that way the business does not suffer from people being out 10, to 10 days to 14 days with COVID. Right. So we want to make, because at the end of the day, this country is the greatest country in the world. I don't care what anybody says. I live in seven different places. So we have to get the economy rolling again and we want to do that the safest way possible. So we want to provide this city because uh, that's where we live and this is where we're doing this at, as well as Ohio. But I live here, so I can't help p- people in right. Ohio. <laughs> so we're trying to make sure we have people in Louisville getting back to work. Right. And not only getting back to work, but being at work because those things matter for people to put food on their table. But also, we want to keep the economy around here going because it needs to ki- get going. You know, If not, we'll be doing – the government will be giving out stimulus checks every quarter <laughs> if we don't get this thing rolling here right. shortly. So that's why we're doing what we're doing. <laughs> And if you know anybody that needs that type of service, we will gladly provide it for them. And the best part about that service, we provide that for free. We're not charging people well, to uh, p- to provide that I service. I was going to say, I actually do work for a warehouse, and we have three different buildings uh, seven days a week. So, we so I'm actually <coughs> going to uh, have you probably send me some information on it yeah. so I can take it back to, to my uh, HR department and things for them to look over and. That might be something that you know, they and we're HIPAA compliant, so like, want to do, yeah. So and if that's I, and, awesome, and then when so just so you guys know what HIPAA compliant means, I know you guys know it, but but for the people out there, Louisville's basketball program is so HIPAA compliant, it's, it's so frustrating <laughs> when you have to write or talk about it because we're like, who's out this week? Tier we don't, one, we don't know until <laughs> the damn game starts. Like, <laughs> like Louisville plays at seven. I love, I love everybody down there, but like, it's just, I, it's just really impressive because sports are never HIPAA compliant. They're like, you know, like what, like Tiger Woods. Everybody knows what's wrong with him: two b- compound fractures, shattered ankle. <laughs> like, you know, Chris Mack and the Louisville basketball team is like, who's sick? Like, er- Jeremy's like, do you know who's sick? I'm like, no. Do you know who's sick? <laughs> David Johnson has strip throat against the Notre Dame game. I found out from him at like five forty-five. <laughs> like, like literally like 5:45 or like six o'clock i found out an hour before the game back in the day i used to find out like in 10 minutes and hey, who got what oh this and then i and i text you, <laughs> you <were laughs> i mean i don't know who told me yeah and then he'd be like i don't know who told me i heard such and such got such and such but anyway so i plead the fifth so you know so you know uh, that's that oh by the way and I want to say this: like people give me used to give me crap all the time. Still do because I'm friends with uh, Matt Jones, uh. and and see you don't even know why, but Jeremy will tell you Matt's a nice guy, and that's another story for another day. But people get on me about being friends with Matt, and like what frustrates me about this, I know I'm kind of jumping from ship to ship, but I want to say this: I never get information from like Matt, or I don't give Matt information. I don't know how many times I got to say this. There's this jerk off who's on Twitter, he kisses Drew's butt all the time on the show. His name's Birdhead Ryan. He swears up and down every day that I'm the guy giving out information. He doesn't want me to say that because I'm kind of giving the guy credit. But, like, I'm just giving you this story, for example, because I'm paying And, and I'm pretty sure he listens to the show. Well, so. he, he, he's a jerk-off. I don't care. So, <laughs> so the point is that now 
I'm not employed by the university. And I don't, a lot of times when I find out information, I sit on it. I might talk to Jeremy about it, but I really can't do anything with it. Right. I'm not trying to be a newsbuster guy. I just want to, because you hear so many things that aren't true. I want to actually like, so I want to be like, okay, that sounds about right. But I don't want to be wrong because everybody's trying to be first. Right. I don't care about being first. I want to be right. Yeah. So like um, a lot of times when in- information breaks, I might talk to Jeremy. I'll talk to the people at the station about what I know because there's a lot of stuff that I just don't talk about. But like, you know, it's just um, for me to, I just don't understand what's the benefiting factor for me when I have a re- when we as a station have a relationship with the university that I'm going to crap on the university. Right. You know, you <laughs> say people give you, give you a lot of crap for being friends with Matt, and I do understand that completely because I get a lot of crap for being your friend. So yeah, I, know uh, I get that because people, people, people get mad at you because here's the thing I don't like about people, and I want you to say this. Okay. If I come up to you and I hit you in the face and then you hit me back, how dare I get mad for you hitting me? <laughs> <laughs> right? Am I wrong? I mean, you can be pissed off that you know that I hit you. Right, but I hit you but first. But you didn't hit me hard enough to knock me out. Right, right. right. But if I hit you first, like, so what happens with people with me, And because Jeremy always laughs at me on Twitter, people will talk shit they to push, me. They push the button. They'll talk shit to me, and then they'll be like, oh, hey, I cuss for the first time. So That's fine. Well. No, no, you're uh, good. We'll, we'll people, label it as explicit. But people will talk shit to me and then get mad when I respond, like, how dare you? Like, why would you say that to me? You're supposed to be bigger than this. Why are you punching down? Well, sometimes I feel like hitting somebody. And you just happen to be that person that day. Sometimes my BS meter has hit full. Yeah, I, don't, I, I normally ignore a lot of crap. But, like, like if, I, if I hit you or if I had a gun and I shot at you, I should expect you to shoot back. Right. So when I shoot back, I get the whole, whoa, whoa, bro. What are you why, doing? Why are you saying these things to me? Why are you being so mean? He's such a mean guy. No, I'm just allergic to bullshit. <laughs> See, I said I'm you not, can say it once and I'm you sorry. say it like seven I'm times not, in no, a row. I'm not a, I'm not a mean person, and no. I don't really get caught up in the crap. No, you don't. I just don't. Like, with all the things I got going on, with that and uh, and the ten other things I got going on. I don't, and, you um, don't need it. I don't. It's not that I don't yeah. need it. I'm like... Why are you doing this to me? Like, why are you trying to make me be mean to you? And then you're going to get mad at me for being mean to you when you're provoking me in the first place. Right. Like, like I'm, it's, not that I'm, it's not that I'm a mean person, but, like, okay, you keep on provoking me, and then I respond. Right. I and then now I'm sh- wrong for responding. I knew I should have split this into two different episodes. We got to the hour mark. We're nearing the two-hour mark, which <laughs> would make it the longest recorded episode. You can just break it up into history. three sections. No, I'm so. not going to. I'm just going to put it all out. So People listen to it when they, when they can, but. Well, uh, that's my only thing. I don't have a problem with people. I love people. I mean, hell, I, I got a, I got a free COVID testing site for the city. Because if, if if I have to explain myself how much I care about this city, then at this point, if you don't get it, you're just a jerk to me. Yeah, that's true. And, and apparently, he is a great. Dude. A lot of people give him crap on Twitter. He may he may have pronounced my name incorrectly for the last fifteen years, <laughs> but I Your still name love is him. Jeremy. It's Jeremy, is like it chair. Jeremy? It's is not Jeremy. I'm not. I don't, Jeremy? I don't have. Is it Jeremy? You can't take me to your. <laughs> Jer- you can't you take Jerm. me to your clinic and test me for diseases. No, I'm Jeremy. You look not like a Jeremy. petri dish. You look like. <laughs> never, I can't say what I want to say <laughs> on air. Oh yeah. Well, now you want to hold your tongue. Yeah, no, I'll get in trouble. I'll get in trouble. He'll get in trouble with my mom. No, no, no. I'm talking about with sponsors. No, I'm just no. kidding. 
No, but I get that. Speaking of sponsors, shout out again to all of our fine sponsors, the Jamon Brown Foundation, Shack in the Back Barbecue, Four Pegs Beer Lounge, Custom Multicades, Fitness Market, Derby City Lawn and Landscaping, and we're working on more. If you would like to be one of the people that sponsors our fine podcast, which goes anywhere from 30 minutes to two hours when Perrin's on, give us a call, 502-694. We're not sorry. 0375. Hit us up on social media. Uh, individually, I'm at Jeremy underscore CSZ. At Elville Sean. At Joe Wallman 526. I am the Higgy. And then we got our uh, our guest savior here, Perrin I'm Johnson. You can find him at is it at Perry Johnson? That's my name, yeah, yeah. This guy treats me every year and goes, can you please change your name? I was like, no. He's so it's professional. All it's all together. <laughs> he's, he's so professional. Uh, but we, we want to thank everybody for tuning in today. We appreciate that. Again, you can hit us up individually on social media. That way you can go to the site's uh, Twitter that is at Card Sport Zone. Same thing on Instagram. If you'd like to go follow us on Facebook, hit that like button. Make it Facebook official. It's three words, Cardinal Sports zone different than our i have to explain this because sometimes they say well i looked for card sports zone on twitter well there's no s in the twitter handle it's just card sport zone and that's how it's different than our facebook which is three words cardinal sports zone uh if you don't want to look for us on social media you can find us on all the pod- podcast avenues apple Podcasts, itunes buzzsprout spotify stitcher tune in google amazon music iheart podcast over 125 avenues overall Hit the subscribe button. Uh, you'll get the shows immediately after they're posted instead of having to wait. Uh, if you wait for social media, we normally post those about two or three hours after the show has completed. You can get the leg up and, and listen to them first. If you haven't listened to all the prior episodes of the Cardinal Sports Zone podcast, go back to cardinalsportszone.com. Check them all out. Hit that drop-down menu. It's podcast, then CSZ podcast. We have all the other iterations of the show there as well. CSZ on 93.9, Live with 55, both which Parent has been on multiple times. We kind of started the Saturday show, Dynasty, together. Uh, check out the our exclusives on CardinalSportsZone.com, the place that all began. Like I said, Sam did uh, the interview with Mikasa. We've got interviews coming up with Dana Evans, Haley Van Lith. We have Earl Clark, Jerry Smith. Uh, who else did I mention earlier? Oh, Preston Knowles. They'll all be on the show this summer. We'll have exclusives with them as well. Like I said, go to cardinalsportszone.com, the place that all began. Shout out to everybody who's out there sharing the podcast, sharing the love. We appreciate you. If you have any ideas or suggestions for guests, shoot me a DM or any of us a DM. Mine's at Jeremy underscore CSZ. Y'all have any last words before we wrap it up, Sean? I'll just stick with mine. Wear a mask right now. We're close, people. We're so close. Just. We're closer than Sean is to getting a girlfriend. Sorry. Joey? I would say wear a mask, hit up Perrin, uh, uh, the, the place. What, what's yeah. the name of the place? We're, we're SV Diagnostics. Uh, if you Google svdiagnosticslab.com, you can go there. It'll tell you your locations. We have one off LaGrange Road out there in Pee Wee Valley for the people out there. And then we have one downtown on the campus of JCTC, Jefferson Community College, or Community Technical Lessons, like what they call it. JCC you know. as well. Yeah, I, that's it's why always going to be JCC. I say me. that because people, pe- old school people call it JCC. Yeah. Right, so, right, but right. the new the new name is Je- JCTCS. Yeah, Jefferson College Technical College. You know, yeah. so I just want to make sure everybody knows that. We're, o- we're open 8 to 1 on Saturdays, and then we're open uh, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday. It's free. You can get as many tests as you like if you have exposures. And um, so just, you know, just fill out the information. Call this phone number, 
404-403-1620. And you, you will go there and prompt you from there. And you can get your COVID test to feel peace of mind until you get your vaccination so you can do all the things you want to do, such as camping, football games, and et cetera. Yeah, let me go back. To, uh, get your pet spayed or neutered. Helps control the pet population. And Maryland is still trash. Piggy, anything really quick since parents took all the words up. 91 days to my wedding. Oh, you just, you're looking forward to the uh, reception buffet. <laughs> of course. We got B. Sims working on a new song. I'm dropping yeah, that yeah. information right now for the Cardinal Sports Zone podcast. We're talking to him. Until next time, Court Dennison is the man. Recruit Selah Brown. And this has been the CSE Podcast. Podcast. Just Higgy in the room makes me mess my words up from time to time. We're out.